Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing it. Really, quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's considering having Jim Fye, who played Tony Scolari, autograph a sourdough crock for good luck and happier paranormal baking. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, a.k.a. Vink Maniac from the internet, and this week I'm happy to talk with you about the big excitement, and that's that not only is this the first week of the new Ghostbusters cinematic production being in the can, uh, but it's also the first week that we've received a casting announcement, so we'll be getting into that in the headlines segment shortly. And then, I had a chance to catch up with the South Carolina Ghostbusters a bit, and specifically to speak with John Roop and Rob Sosby, who have been members of that organization for over a decade now. John and Rob are folks who I've gotten to know online in the community, so I was stoked to get to have a longer conversation with them and, you know, that's sort of more context-based than our typical text-based interactions. Uh, but it's worth mentioning that John is also the champion of the recurring Windy City Ghostbusters charity trivia competition that happens nationwide online. And you may know Rob uh, as a certain Ecto-Glow Ghostbuster that appeared at last year's Dragon Con and then went viral. Uh, so they're both really fun people who do great charity work and who represent Ghostbusters well, and I'm excited to share that interview with you all this week. But before we get into that, we do need to get into the big news and some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Call in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. So as I said at the top of the podcast, the big story and really perhaps the only like major significant story that some people will care about this week is that we've been given a major casting announcement as to four new folks who are joining the Ghostbusters film franchise family. Patton Oswald, Kumail Nanjiani, Emily Allen Lind, and James Acaster have all been announced as participants in the upcoming film that we've been hearing about codenamed Firehouse and not Hell's Kitchen. Uh, <laughs> but Deadline reports that sources say... The plan is to return to New York City and the iconic firehouse made famous in the original Ghostbusters films, and it is still slated for a December 2023 release. Uh, and so these four folks have been added in uh, as newcomers to the Ghostbusters family, although to be fair, Patton Oswalt did appear as Moogly in a uh, virtual reality version of the Ghostbusters 2016 game that was out. Uh, and so he was like the uh, tutorial who would show up and tell you how to move about the virtual world. So it's not his first run with Ghostbusters necessarily, and some of you may remember uh, that Patton Oswalt was a very outspoken critic of the angry video game nerd uh, back in 2016 when AVGN said he was not going to review that movie, uh, and Patton Oswalt sort of took him to task on Twitter. So this is certainly not Patton Oswalt's first rodeo with Ghostbusters in some senses, uh, but it is a little bit for everybody else. And so uh, Camille Nanjiani actually put out a tweet this week, uh, right after this story came out, so I believe the story came out on Friday and he made this tweet on Saturday saying Ghostbusters was my first favorite movie. I remember exactly how I felt the first time I watched it. Horror and comedy in one movie. This movie was made for me and I watched it over and over. The script is unbelievably good. I can't believe I get to be a part of this world. Uh, and so this is, you know, obviously this is big news. It's not just a minor casting from my standpoint because you don't go out and make this kind of a big announcement. 
uh, unless you really expect people to come out and be drawn to the movie by the people who are coming. And if you think about the last movie, the big announcement that came out like this was the announcement that Paul Rudd and uh, Carrie Coon were going to be involved in the film. And then you had Paul Rudd uh, coming out and appearing at the uh, firehouse on a video where he was standing outside of it, talking about how he was ready to answer the call and et cetera. Uh, and so to me, the Kumail move here is very analogous and similar to that, that these are very likely going to be major principal characters in this film. Uh, so who they're going to be playing, obviously, it's too soon to be able to say uh, we don't know what they're going to be doing, but there's certainly some room for speculation. One can't sort of help but notice that three of these actors have a deep comedy background. Obviously, Pat Oswald and Kamil Nanjiani come out of backgrounds in stand up comedy and improv comedy. Uh, James Acaster, who I have to admit, I am not very familiar with his background, apparently has a lot to do with uh, stand up comedy in the UK. So you've got three comedians who are coming to the table uh, as part of this, whether that means they're coming as three comedian Ghostbusters. I'm not really sure, but it's kind of worth noting because the last film, you know, you really had Paul Rudd as the major comedy weight that came into the film and everybody else was far more of a dramatic actor. They may have appeared in comedies before. I mean, certainly McKenna Grace had done sitcoms and what have you. And there are definitely funny beats, the stranger things that Finn Wolfhard has been part of. And Carrie Coon's done, you know, things over a course, a range of things and for Logan Kim. It was really his first major project. Uh, but, you know, to be fair, uh, for a mo many of those actors, comedy is not what they necessarily do on a regular basis uh, outside of perhaps a sitcom context. So to have folks who are coming from a comedy background and comedy training coming to the film, three fourths of that, uh, you know, that new cast is very interesting and sort of ground to think about in terms of what that means. Are we looking for a more uh, you know, comedic tone for this movie than the last one? Or does this mean we're going to have some folks who are going to be working outside their normal wheelhouse um, to kind of bring us sardonic characters? Who knows? You know, it's it's certainly too soon for us to be able to make that that call. But, we're, you know, I think it's something to think about um, was why we have so many comedy forward people who've been added to this cast. And then, of course, Emily Allen Lind, I have to admit that I am not really familiar with a lot of her work, uh, but I began thinking immediately about the fact that she is in the sort of 20 to 21 year old range and there is for is like kind of comparable in age range to Celeste O'Connor, who's 24, and Finn Wolfhard, who's 20. Um, so if you're thinking about character dynamics and how those could potentially be shaken up by adding in a third element, um, that might be what you're looking at there. But again, who knows? Um, we're, we're certainly going to find out more about who these actors are and what they're playing over the next few months. Um, and I'm sure that between now and then we'll see any number of fan creations. They're going to speculate about that. I sort of harken back to the uh, early photoshops of Paul Rudd in a flight suit. <laughs> Everybody sort of expected he would be a Ghostbuster. Uh, and when that first trailer came out or when his first announcement came out. And to be fair, um, very quickly, John Yurkaba, who's a friend of the podcast, had his first sketches welcoming these folks to the Ghostbusters family that you can find over on his uh, Instagram account. and. Uh, Italian Ghostbusters mega fan GB Max has already shown the world that you can build yourself a plasma series Kumail figure if you get yourself a Marvel Legend, a Marvel Legends Eternals Kingo figure, rip its head off and pop it right onto the body of a plasma series Ghostbusters figure because those heads are all interchangeable. So um, if you feel the need to go out and begin building your Ghostbusters team, uh, know that you can probably go out, you know, you already have a Finn figure that's from the Plasma series. You can go get yourself a Kingo figure. I don't know if they did a Patton Oswald figure from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If they did, I don't think his buck is really going to match uh, his head. 
from his weight, but you might be able to use the chubby Vankman uh, figure from from Afterlife, who's got a bit of a gut, <laughs> or the chubby Ray figure who's got a big of a, a bit of a gut from the older bodies that they used. Um, yeah, those are ideas for you if you want to be able to build out your stuff and speculate in action figure form. But I, you know, I think it's very interesting to think about this that they've you've got a whole brand new four new people coming into the cast who are going to add something at a dynamic level. Three of them are comedy folks. And even to be fair, like Emily Allen Lind appeared in the Netflix series, the babysitter. Those two movies that they put out uh, that are essentially like B movie uh, horror thriller movies that are really kind of comedy that are about um, her being part of a group of people who are like cultists and a 12 year old kid thinks that his hot babysitter um, you know, he's got a crush on her, but then he finds out that she's a, a satanic cultist who's thinking about sacrificing him or something. And so she, it's not as if, uh, Emily Allen Lynn doesn't have some sort of connection to, uh, weird paranormal stories in the past too. You know, so, um, it's just, there's a lot to sort of unpack there and I'm sure we'll get the opportunity to do so over the next few weeks, but, um, it's good to know like that we're, we're moving, right? The, the film is in production. The first week is in the can. We know that they've shot their first scenes. We know that there's people whose contracts are signed who are coming into the film who are new. We've seen, uh, you know, UK sort of not like leaks, but things like people posting things to Instagram of where they are, who are affiliated with the production. So it's really excited to see that all of this is happening and the ebbs and flows of Ghostbusters production are all kind of underway. But in some additional Ghostbusters Firehouse speculation news, I wanted to sort of point this out. The same deadline article Uh, sort of reconfirmed that the film's plot is set for NYC and the original firehouse. So uh, it's probably not London uh, as much as much as some of the speculation out there has seen to suggest that like the production was taking place in the UK. So that must mean the story must be in some way too. Um, I don't think that's really the case. I'll go on sort of the record saying, I don't think that's going to be what you see. And that's kind of what's talked about in this deadline article very quickly. Um, It sort of reaffirms that the film is still slated for a December, 2023 release. And so um, I think, you know, that's great. If if everything's going to stay on track, I hope it does. We get to watch a movie in December and potentially put some new Ghostbusters toys under our Christmas trees. That's rad. But I also couldn't help but notice that our friends at the containment unit, the autograph uh, group on Facebook, we're going to talk about again in a few moments. uh, They had reshared an ad for a German comic book convention where Finn Wolfhard is appearing in the first week of May. And presumably from my standpoint, because he's already in Europe. So it's not like he has to fly there because he'll be in the UK filming and then he can leave that and go do whatever else he's going to do. But this has left me wondering, and this is like just my personal speculation. If Finn Wolfhard is going to be at a convention signing autographs and meeting people and potentially like large crowds and things that might be COVID sensitive still, because after all, productions still care about that, given that there's millions of dollars on the lines and deadlines that need to be met. Um, What does that mean about filming? Does it mean that at that point they expect that he's going to be done with principal shooting? Does it mean that, um, you know, the filming will be wrapped? Does it mean they'll have shot him out? Does it mean they're filming until May and then taking a break and then going and doing their exteriors and pickups in New York where they're going to need to get stuff from outside? Uh, you know, the firehouse at hook and ladder eight. Uh, obviously I have no answers to these questions, but uh, I do think it's kind of interesting to consider like what do folks have on their schedules for the summer and whether or not those things are going to hold based off of what the production schedule is. And, you know, and some of that is kind of just interesting to think about. Like there are people who have already you know, actors, cast members, and also, you know, behind the scenes folks who have planned to move on to other projects and things who've already got commitments for what's happening, say, beyond May. 
Um, so what does that mean about when filming or at least the phase of filming in the UK wraps? Um, and then when we move to post-production, is it that quickly that it's going to happen within the next like five weeks? Um, that seems pretty fast to me, but, um, what do I know? I don't make movies for a living. And to be frank, we're not making movies like we used to, um, say, you know, 20 years ago where you were actually going to edit them on film or even 30 years ago. Um, everything is digital. So it means that you have a greater ability even to take stuff that's being shot on one day and transmit it digitally, uh, to a server and have somebody start doing post-production work on it, you know, in another, another facility or another location with another company, et cetera. So, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with this. Like, will we actually see this film in December? I'll admit I've been somewhat skeptical and I know some other folks have been too about whether or not we'll hit that release time. Uh, but you know, knowing that this casting news is out and sort of seeing what the, um, what some actors schedules might be in the summer, uh, it might give you some note about what the expectations are going to be about when production might be finished or rather when primary filming might be finished for this film. Um, and if they don't have to go anywhere to do anything, it kind of lends sort of some credibility to maybe the notion of a bottle show kind of movie. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just, you know, I don't know anything, but I think I've said this. I, I would be totally okay if they don't leave the firehouse for the whole movie. So, uh, in some ancillary Ghostbusters media news, and this is not directly Ghostbusters related, but it is in terms of, uh, a cast member of Ghostbusters afterlife who I personally think is great because, um, you know, I talk about him a bunch cause his name is podcast. Uh, but congratulations are in order for Logan Kim, who's been cast in the six episode Walking Dead spinoff miniseries, Walking Dead Dead City. Uh, perhaps coincidentally, this show will see Kim take taking on the role of a character who's abducted in a post-apocalyptic version of New York City uh, that has been cut off from the mainland and has been overrun with zombies. And now there are survivors there trying to stay alive. So um, I think this is kind of amusing that Finn Wolfhard will go from being in a Ghostbusters movie that it takes place in New York City to being an actor in a miniseries where he is trying to escape zombies in New York City. Uh, so I don't know, I guess as long as it's paranormal and it involves Manhattan, um, Logan Kim is there. Showrunner Eli Journey told Deadline, it's the walking dead like we've never seen it before. We haven't really lived in a city like this. It's New York, there's skyscrapers up to the sky, and a million and a half walkers. And for characters like Maggie and Negan who've been running through the woods for a long time, it's just a whole new world that's just extremely claustrophobic, scary, and also, as you'll discover, has pockets of survivors. You'll get to see all the strange new ways they live in the apocalypse. It's definitely like nothing you've seen before. Ghostbusters News reports that Kim is going to be playing Herschel Ree a character whose father, the character of Negan, murdered uh, earlier on in the series. And this led the character of Herschel to pull a gun on Negan in the later seasons and threaten to kill him. Uh, now it seems that Negan and Maggie, whose husband Glenn, uh, Negan murdered, will have to become allies to save Herschel's life. So essentially, the character that killed Logan Kim's character's dad will now have to sort of come forward to help save Logan Kim's character's life. Uh, and as Ghostbusters News reports, Kim can be spotted in the trailer for the series with the series centered around his character's abduction, leading to his mother, Maggie Ree, turning to Negan as her son's unlikely savior. Uh, so that's sort of the plot that's going to be out there is that this character of uh, Herschel Ree, who has been in The Walking Dead for several seasons, uh, will be abducted and that will set off this six season, this six episode arc. A little fun fact here, Logan Kim is actually the fourth actor to play Herschel Ree uh, because it's the challenge of 
making multi-season television where the character doesn't really age as with child actors is you need more than one. Uh, but he's the fourth person to play this character. Ethan Charles played him in season seven. Peyton Lockridge played him in season nine and uh, Keen Michael Spiller played him in seasons 10 and 11. So Logan Kim will be playing the adolescent version of this character. Um, and we'll get to see what that looks like. What seems pretty certain to me is that by the end of this miniseries and the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife and Ghostbusters Firehouse or whatever its final production name is, Logan Kim will be the most experienced fighter of paranormal and cryptozoological forces in the entire New York State tri-state area um, of all of the crop of new Ghostbusters. So if there's anybody who you need to put on your Ghostbusting team in real life, it's Logan Kim. And keep in mind, he has a screen accurate proton pack because Austin made him one. Uh, and if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to the episode with Austin Young talking about Logan Kim's proton pack. Um, but I digress with those media updates under our belt. Let's talk a little bit about collectibles and merchandise. Our first news story in this section of the podcast I want to make sure you know about is that I've previously told you about the containment unit autograph collecting groups offering so far this month as they've been plugging away at finalizing signings with Richard Edlund and Jim Fye. Now they've also announced another signing and the first that they've had in over three years with Steve Johnson. If you're not familiar with who that is, Steve Johnson is the original sculptor of Slimer and his fantastic big booty and who recently gave his stamp of approval to the Phantasm Toys slime ball figure. Steve is a prop builder and an FX artist whose work can be seen in over like 65 cinematic productions that you probably know and love including horror films like Fright Night, Brain Scan, the Poltergeist series, Living uh, the Night of the Living Dead series. I believe he's uh, did Return of the Living Dead or something. A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Um he has done things for mainstream film franchises like X-Men, Star Trek, Men in Black, Where the Wild Things Are, a whole bunch of stuff. And as a fun fact, Steve also worked on Suburban Commando, a movie where the PKE meter makes an appearance as a completely different prop. He worked on Big Trouble in Little China, which was filmed at Ladder 23, uh, the L.A. Firehouse. Uh, and as you may hear later on in my discussion with John and Rob, a prop he helped create for Ghostbusters eventually found its way to Fright Night instead. So. Not only is Steve instrumental in the design of some of our favorite ghosts, but it seems his career is inextricably tied to Ghostbusters because somehow it always <laughs> manages the Venn diagram back into it. Uh, so if you're interested in picking up his autograph, if it's not something you have in your collection, you can check out the Ghostbusters containment unit group on Facebook or contact them uh, for more info at ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com. And I would also encourage you to go check out their podcast. I mentioned this last week that they have their podcast back up and running. And they have a new interview out with Jim Fye, uh, who was, of course, Tony Scolari. So um, I, something to give some thought to that as much as I want you to listen to this podcast, they have the ability to talk with some of the folks who are working behind the scenes in these movies when they're doing signings and to get one on one interviews that I, I'll probably never have. <laughs> let's be honest with you, because I don't have that relationship, uh, but th they're doing a great job of putting that out. And it's something I would encourage everybody to go check out uh, because it's really cool content. And earlier I spoke of our friends Phantasm Toys. I mentioned last week that they would be announcing a new Terror Tub toy and they've been teasing it. And I want to tell you to head over to Ghostbusters News and check out the sneak peek of the toy that Jason Sim uh, Fitzsimmons has shared with folks. Uh, Jason has some great exclusive images of the new Terror Tub toy and its packaging and some great coverage of what to expect when the figure goes live. For those of you who are like, what are you even talking about? Uh, it's a figure inspired by Dana Barrett's claw-footed bathtub from Ghostbusters 2 come to life as a result of the influence of negatively charged mood slime. 
Uh, and it's a tub that's in scale with six inch action figures. And perhaps the best part of it is that, like the living slime figure component is removable. You can put slime gel in with it or you can use the tub alone. So uh, it becomes something that you can use in multiple play modes. You can create multiple scenes with. I think Tony's even joked about using the tub to recreate the scenes of a battered Raphael recovering in the bathtub from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Uh, so if you're a toy collector, it's definitely a unique piece that no one's ever produced and something you'll want to add to your collection. Head over to Ghostbusters News, check it out, uh, because Jason Fitzsimmons really has the most detailed coverage of it. Uh, it's not available yet. It's still a prototype, but it's definitely something to go take a look at. And I, it's worth the hype from my standpoint. Uh, the final piece of collectible and merchandise news to talk about this week is not directly Ghostbusters merch news, but it is definitely related. If you've not heard the news, collectibles manufacturer, and I'm going to use that term loosely because I don't think their stuff is all that collectible. I think a lot of it is, um, you know, dubiously collectible. It's mass produced stuff, but nevertheless, people collect it and I own some. Uh, Funko is in dire financial straits and announced a few weeks ago that due to an overabundance of inventory, uh, meaning probably stuff that they created too much of in their own market and saturated themselves, uh, they plan to put over $30 million in Funko merchandise straight into landfills to eliminate the costs of warehousing it. Uh, they've otherwise would have to continue to spend money to take stuff that they can't move and can't seem to sell and continue to keep it on warehouse shelves. And so it's easier to take $30 million worth of Funko Pops and other stuff, probably t-shirts, pins, keychains. Think about all the things that Funko makes that goes in a clearance section and doesn't move. Um, they're going to take a lot of that and throw in a landfill. And so there was news uh, about this in the last couple of weeks that sent reverberations through the toy collecting hobby uh, over the last few weeks for sure. And that included some announcements that lines that were awaiting either reruns of production or had pre-orders for reruns of production were going to be canceled. And that included some reruns of Ghostbusters stuff. Uh, to be real, I, the one Ghostbusters mini puff that I don't own is the one that has the, uh, the stick lighter. And I don't know how many times I saw like Entertainment Earth said, we're going to be getting that soon. Uh, and it was something that was going to be rerun or reordered. And that, that probably will not happen. Along the same lines, I think I believe I saw coverage talking about how the 2019 Ghostbusters figures were slated for a rerun or reroll, uh, but that that is not going to happen. And to be real, who knows whether or not we'll see a set of Ghostbusters Funko Pops for the next movie, because we'll see whether or not Funko is even solvent by the time we get there, uh, given how bad things sound. What's happened at this point, though, that's even sort of more drastic and sadder for movie fans is that um, Funko owns the movie poster and collectibles company Mondo. Uh, Mondo legitimately made some highly sought after and collectible limited edition posters and things over the years, and they were affiliated with Alamo Drafthouse as a parent company for a long time. They were bought by Funko last year, uh, less than a year ago, and Funko began, be began to uh, work with them to start to market the Mondo name out to a larger audience. Unfortunately, though, uh, Funko now less than a year into that acquisition uh, and that less than a year into the promise of expanding the brand and its offerings, um, they're done. They're, they're more or less finished with Mondo and they laid off almost everybody who works for Mondo, including its founders. Uh, early stories that coming out of this week were that they were going to be completely done with the poster industry entirely. But that may be a little bit um, inaccurate that they say they're going to still release posters, but it's unclear with who, given that they've basically laid off everyone who did that in that division. Uh, 
So to give you sort of the breakdown in this, Drew Taylor of The Wrap reports uh, that the poster division was quote unquote killed, uh, which he calls a shock considering that's how Mondo started along with the division meant for cutting edge experiences and products called The Lab, which was run by Mondo co-founder Rob Jones, who was also laid off during the process. Mitch Putnam, another co-founder, also got the axe. According to Drew uh, of The Wrap, he says one insider with knowledge suggested that the poster line could continue, but when pressed on whether the company will just be releasing posters already worked on by Jones, Putnam, and Mondo creative director Eric Garza, or if they would put out brand new posters, the answer was unclear. As of now, the only two divisions of the company that remain are the toys and records divisions, but insiders tell The Wrap it's unclear how long those divisions will remain as part of the Funko portfolio. Um, so things sound particularly bad over at Funko. Uh, I will tell you that over the last year when the, uh, when I received exclusives, like the mini puffed exclusives and things, probably over the last two years, I had really negative experiences. I actually received soaking wet product from a Funko factory once, which was really bizarre. It was all saturated, um, cause apparently it was sitting outside. So maybe their warehouse problems are real, uh, because they had shipping pallets that were apparently sitting out on loading docks getting wet uh, before things were being shipped out. And I know that there were some other folks who had that experience as well uh, with the uh, Walmart Funko Pop that came out that had the headphones on it, the mini puffed. And so um, Funko seems to have some issues, maybe throwing $30 million of stuff in the trash and killing off uh, a, a really valuable um, brand that people have loyalty to is what they think is going to save them, but it doesn't sound good to me. I, I can't speak beyond that, but I will say this. I have joked in the past that uh, Moses was sent down from his mountain with uh, two stone tablets containing 10 rules. And one of them said, uh, thou shalt not create false idols. And that's because even God was like the biggest risk to man is Funko and its pops. Uh, and the reason why they have so many of them is because even the devil doesn't want them. So um, if you ever want to think about a company that's made an environmental footprint, um, Way to go, Funko. $30 million worth of plastic straight into a, a landfill. You're taking the award from Atari. Um, so we'll continue to keep an eye on this as it unfolds. But it sounds like if you're sitting on Mondo posters, you may be sitting on designs that will probably not be reproduced. Uh, what that means in terms of collectible value remains to be seen. But for hardcore Mondo loyalists, the struggle to obtain some of their favorite prints may have just become way more real. Uh, so keep that in mind. If you're a Mondo fan, what I would say is, Take a look at who the artists are, who Mondo works with. Go and, you know, um, start to follow those folks individually because there's no reason why you can't support the creative people just because some dumb, terrible company is really bad at running its books and somehow manages to produce $30 million worth of little tchotchkes that it just sits on uh, until it decides that they're so worthless that they just may as well be trashed and then make people unemployed as a result. So. And if you're a Funko employee out there listening to this, sorry for ripping into your company, but it's really unfortunate, really terrible and really bad business. <laughs> so uh, with our headlines covered and my apparent um, sudden spontaneous opinion about Funko being blurted out into the atmosphere, <laughs> let's turn now to my chat with John Roop and uh, Rob Sosby of the South Carolina Ghostbusters as we find out a bit about how they got started, what they're up to now and what our mutual wishes are for the coming year of Ghostbusters content. Joining me on Extraplasm Podcast, two folks who I'm excited to talk to because one of them was once my secret Santa and the other one is a person who I get to talk to on a regular basis on Discord but never ever face to face. 
uh, are Rob Sosby and John Roop of the South Carolina Ghostbusters. How are you gentlemen doing today? Doing good, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having us on tonight. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you both. Um, you're two folks who I've gotten to know through like the Yes Have Some Group Therapy uh, Facebook group for years. Um, who we've never gotten to like actually have a face-to-face conversation with. And even this is like, Rob, you don't have your camera on. So I still, I'm like, I'm just imagining what you look like. More of a reason uh, for you to come to Dragon Con. I've heard this. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but, um, my partner came to me and she said, listen, I want to do something really special for you for your birthday. And I was like, what? She was like, well, I was thinking I could either buy you plane tickets to Dragon Con or I could buy you lodging for Dragon Con. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, I know how much you really want to go. So um, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going cause I don't know that I am, but, but you're uh, not saying you're people not going here are jockey. No, I'm not saying I'm not going either. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, which means I'm not saying anything at all, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you do go to dragon con regularly because you all are a mere stones throw away we are right here. At it every year. Absolutely. I, ha- yeah. I haven't been in geez, nine years and I hate him for it. it- it's just mainly other stuff going on a lot that time of year, but I do want to go back and hang out at, you know, home base and stuff like that. Sounds I miss everybody. I was impressed, Rob, last this last Dragon Con, the photos that went viral that you had of you uh, in that Ecto Glow Peter Venkman costume. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening to the podcast right now who remembered seeing those photos from Dragon Con of like some guy who was dressed as Ecto Glow Peter Venkman, congratulations. You are now listening to that person talk to see you on a podcast. You're um, very welcome, everybody listening. Uh, and no, if you're so, so that, impressed, uh, send him the figure so he can actually have a miniature version of himself. Yeah, I've I've made a full size <laughs> costume of it, but don't own any of the actual Ectoglow figures. Um, and but no, that that was uh, a costume that was really fun to make, really fun to do. Um, it's an idea I've had for a while, and I'm like, you know, I feel like 3D printing since it's become a lot more accessible is what allowed me to really do that because um, I thought about it for a long time like building it and then painting something with glow-in-the-dark paint and everything but like really being able to 3d print it and glow-in-the-dark filament was the really the only reason I was able to do that costume um, that is one of the one of the two costumes I've been able to like put my stamp on the Ghostbuster community with at, at Dragon Con the second one was um, the the Blues Busters from 2012 with uh, my good buddy Jason Sanders um, and again both those costumes like was like our 15 minutes of fame where everyone remembers you. Then Monday mornings, like, okay, we forget about it now. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I, I do. It's kind of, it's kind of funny that costume has sort of like stuck around in the community as being like a thing to talk about, but people talk about like ecto glow figures. At some point you're standing around with like four or five ghostbusters fans talking about those. And somebody goes, did you see that costume last year? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually know that guy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a lot of fun with that one. And it's, it's, it's fun for me too, because the mask is so terrifying. Like it's so unnerving. And so like, there's a number of times where like, I've just for no reason in conversation, just in chat, send it to people or posted a comment. <laughs> of it. Um, like I was, I commented on something, uh, bull airs on uh, Instagram. He's done a line of ghostbuster, uh, RGB polos and everything. Mm-hmm. And they have a group on Facebook for his stuff. And I posted in the group where in his, Venkman polo from real ghostbusters with that mask and the first comment i got was from him going man that's creepy i'm like well it gets worse and i showed it with just glowing in the dark and nothing around it so it's a it's a it's a fun thing to have around so 
That's awesome. I think that that's a great thing. It is kind of a thing where you can, for the rest of the time that you've owned it, you know, presumably you just whip that out and be like, Hey, are you Recto Glow Elite? You think you're Recto Glow Elite, but you're not Recto Glow Elite. Um, Ryan Doyle has something to say about that. So. Yeah, you know, like, and for those of you who aren't getting this joke, this is an ongoing YHS podcast thing about being Ecto Glow Elite. If you have Ecto Glow figures or not, in this case, Rob may have none of the figures, but he, he could did. show up dressed like that and take yours, um, and you would be terrified. <laughs> so. <laughs> And that makes him way more Ecto Glow Elite than everyone else. That's the deal. Uh, I'm going to just, I'll put my stamp on that now. So, but anyway, I was happy to have you guys on the show and I still am uh, because uh, I, I, again, we've never gotten to talk together sort of one-on-one. We've known each other for a while. We talk sometimes like in texting and whatnot, um, but that you all, you also have a really cool organization like South Carolina Ghostbusters is really awesome. Um, you all do a lot of good stuff and, you know, good, good, good work that you do out there, whether it's fan work, whether it's charity work. And so I just want to be able to talk to you and give you an opportunity to kind of talk about what you do as well. You know, so um, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jim. It's awesome to yeah. be here. Of course. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess I'll ask you this first. Like, how long has South Carolina Ghostbusters been around? Like, how long has you have you had an organization? June 12th, 2011. Is you when know we the date. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> oh. It's kind of funny how some of it started, too, because they had, they had started the group, and then me and my buddy Jason, you know, everyone thinks they have an original idea. And uh, we're like, um, we just finished our, our costumes for Dragon Con, just built our first, like, proton packs after Halloween. And I'm like, let's make our own like franchise. We'll be the South Carolina Upstate Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then I, I did some like Facebook and Google searching, and then I found our current South Carolina logo, but in blue. I'm like, ah, it's perfect. So I downloaded it <laughs> and just like put it in this paint and did the paint filler and changed the blue to red. And I'm like, new logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like before I even forward. met them. I'd never met them before. Yeah, it just started with us. It basically started like, got a real job. Like, hey, I can afford to build a proton pack. Uh, a couple of, like, you know, my current wife joined in. A couple of our friends all joined in to do it together. Then we discovered franchises exist and we made like, a local one. Then we found, like, you know, the upstate guys, we found the Rock Hill guys, Midland guys, and we just all came under the banner. Nice. And that was what's interesting. I, I, I think that is interesting because you guys do have like one banner, like you have like one sort of like statewide banner that um, you seem to all get along and play well. Um, uh, we've got know, we got cool. a couple of offshoots, but it's neither here nor there. It's uh, people decided they want to do things a little differently. So. More yeah. power to them. No, I, that's I think that that's cool. Like I, I by now I'm like, let's have the sudden I stumble over my own words because you don't want to make anyone feel left out or feel awkward. I think it's good that, you know, you have a good sort of networking amongst groups, even if not everybody is under that banner, you know, it's cool. Oh yeah. So. We, we all, we all get along here in the state. Um, we haven't had really any problems or anything. Uh, I think the only time we really had a, a weird moment was with a previous unnamed North Carolina person franchise thing from several years ago but that was a whole thing so we're not worried about and that was just from name confusion not so much of a butting of gotcha. heads or controversy between us as all so and we still have to defend our honor 
because <laughs> you know we still get questions like were y'all associated with so and so like no 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 that's that's come water under the bridge completely different thing moving on so well i'll say this on a different a different level of name confusion when you said jason sanders i was like do you know that that's actually a bi-coastal franchise person because yeah, there's because a, there's an L.A. Ghostbusters guy named Jason Sanders. It's totally different. I person. see him all the time <laughs> in the uh, 84 workbench. Uh, is 84 workbench? I think he posts in. I think it's one of the it's one of the prop groups he posts in. And every time he posts, I think it's Jason here in town posting. Um, and I'm like, I didn't know you were working on that. I'm like, no, nah, it's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because when you said your Jason's name, my, the Jason I know popped in my brain. And so I was like, wait, what? Like, so, and for him, like the last time I saw him, he was probably dressed up as like a Ghostbuster who was also halfway Dread Pirate Roberts, yeah. uh, which was awesome. I was like, he, he was he was Dread Pirate Robertsing for part of the day and uh, at a convention and he was going to switch to Ghostbusters. And I was like, dude, you just need to leave like the top half on. That's amazing. Just, <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So there you go. The, having a Jason Sanders in your group is part of what makes you an authentic Ghostbusters franchise. Secret to success. That's yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. If you're, that's what separates good franchises from bad franchises. Sorry, everybody. I know I said a minute ago I was going to feel bad about making people feel excluded or something, but hey, get yourself a Jason Sanders. What you got to do. Um. Our, our Jason also does a really awesome the coon costume from South. Park. Oh God, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing oh that's the fun I, part of know, dragon con is you can run with a dumb idea every now and then hence the ecto glow and the blues busters so one year we did the uh the coon and friends from south park <laughs> as a whole we did everybody in the group i was mysterion he was the coon it was it was great it was awesome that's amazing oh man that's amazing I, this is see this is more reasons why i'm like i should go to dragon con because i don't know if i want to lug a proton pack there but um you know I, I can come up with some other like weird, obscure versions of things to show up as I'm sure. It's like awesome. Oh, the, the first year we went, my wife won the Iron Man award because her a slam blower was like 55, 60 pounds. And she lugged it through the whole parade and people were like, are you okay? <laughs> she's like, no, no, she's still going to the chiropractor 12 years later. So that's fine. I'm sure she's happy to know I destroyed it recently. Oh yeah. She's, she's happy to see it into a nicer home. Did you say you destroyed it recently, literally? <laughs> so, John, I have had a slime blower kit in my shop for a number of years that has just been sitting there. I've been talking to Dan Harshman about it, about like, I need to finish this, I need to actually build the thing, but it's just been sitting there. I have literally all the pieces for it. So, somehow, I, I forgot how, but the slime blower made its way into my possession, I think, to like try to repair something or something or another. But then it just came to, you know what, if you need anything off of it, just keep it. So the only thing I kept off of it was all of the legitimate brass quick fittings uh, gotcha. on the whole thing. So I just I I snapped every single one of those off and then just ripped everything off the Alice frame. Post the Alice frame in our group. Like anybody need an Alice frame? <laughs> <laughs> that 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 prop was a labor of love that just got built up a couple of times. You know, it's a concrete form tube, a couple of PVC pipes, and then like. Do you remember Multimedia Mayhem? He had a really great aluminum set of aluminum parts he did. So the gun kit and the box, the blower boxes and stuff are on there. And he, he came across some of the fittings and I got those from him and they alone weigh nine pounds. So that is. Wow. Uh, just getting that off of there will save your back 
Also, if you actually wear <laughs> the proper pads, that would have saved my wife's back. Yeah, she she wore that pack with no because in the movie you see them with the the padded vest and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't have that. She just wore a straight uh, LC frame with straps, and so like all the weight was on her shoulders. And yeah, so <laughs> she was just she was hurting by the end of it. So, so what you're saying is that she, like Bill Murray has no right to complain about damage from proton packs, whereas your wife does. <laughs> from Correct. That's exactly what he's saying. Exactly what yes. he's saying. I I've always said this. There's a reason why Venkman doesn't carry a slime blower, right? It's, oh, it's yeah. got to be because like no, Bill Murray be. walked on set and was like, nope, fuck not no. doing that. <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> he just looked at it. Hey, Ernie, come here. Try this off. <laughs> you look great. And Dan, Dan was like, what are you talking about? This is great. Everybody should have one of their back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last uh, last episode, you had, uh, had Jacob Walsh on and, uh, you know, he has a really good slime blower as well. And he even talked about yeah. that last year. He's like, without these, without the actual vest padding, he don't think he could wear it. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's it's got to be super heavy. Um, I think, uh, ironically, I have a an Al, um, <laughs> I have an Alice frame and a uh, full set of like the super thick kidney pads and stuff. And it's oh, all yeah, attached super to a, it's, it's all attached to a spirit pack <laughs> of all the things. And it's totally because I bought the I bought a full size pack on eBay that was in bad shape. Like oh god, like probably four or five years ago. And I bought it in a bundle for like 400 bucks. It was the Alice frame, the super pads, the pack and a Maddie wand for like $400. And I was like, um, that's worth it. Like uh, there's enough oh, yeah. here to work with. On Absolutely. That. That's like, a great deal. So, um, I picked that, is that up. The, is that the one that also had like a, I think you said that there was a vacuum form shell in there too, or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. So I still have that in my garage. The shell is just like sitting around and it's weird cause it's in like two pieces. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But, has to be like has to be affixed to a, a motherboard, otherwise it's not actually like a, a single piece. At all. I, I know the I know um, that vacuum shell well. Yeah, oh. yeah. I don't know. Who, somebody's told me it might be a Viking props. I don't know what the hell it is. There's no um, telling now. That old so. It's it's got like three cracks in it. It's been bondoed several times. It has a wrong bumper on it, and somebody put some bad lights in it that aren't real that run off a nine volt battery. The guy who <laughs> sold it to me was like, it's a backup pack for somebody in our group. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, so <laughs> I didn't really care. And then I was going to build that pack up, but instead I just went when the spirit pack came out, I went, okay, this is going to be easier. <laughs> in, in all respects, this will be easier and I'm lazy and I just want to put something on my back. That's going to not kill me. And it was after I'd had my cycling accident. So it was like, oh, yeah. you know, at that point I was like, oh, I don't really want to put 50 pounds on my back and walk around because I will really not be able to do it. So, yeah, well, that was the joy that the, the 3D printed RGB pack is it weighs like nothing compared to my regular. Oh, one yeah, that I built. Sure. So it weighs nothing. If I ever wear my actual built pack again, it's got to be with those super th thick pads. But the past couple of years, I've had some bad back problems, so just can't really huff it around as much anymore. <laughs> We should talk more about what sort of how you all came together as like a cosplay and prop building group and like what else you do. But I want to sort of say this and see what you all thought about it. Um, I have noticed this. I don't know if you've seen this yet, that the convention photos that have started to come out since the HasLab pack has like been released. They're all very telling as to who has HasLab packs from really far away. Oh, absolutely. Do you know why? Can you figure out why? Is it that bright yellow tubing? No. It's the damn angle of the hose. 
Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That, that's I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that's uh, I had I've seen quite a few people like with the the they complain about the way the hose fits because of yeah. the bottom fitting that comes off the bottom, and that makes mm-hmm. the hose sit a certain way on your back. I saw it, I saw it sticks seen, out. It's yeah. like a big like hanging off like almost like an L that sticks off the side yeah, of it, yeah. and you have to give yourself like a, as a person navigating with it on your back. You've got to give yourself a solid like six inches, you know, of clearance. It looks like a coffee like, mug oh. handle just off their side. It looks like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I hadn't really thought about why so many people were like freaking out about replacing the hose and all these Haslab pack groups and stuff. Like, oh, we got to get it screen accurate. And I'm like, no, this is actually going to be a utility thing because yeah. otherwise you have this rigid hose that you get three go- three people walking next to each other if they all get too close to each other. <laughs> I haven't seen those pictures, so I, would, I didn't know what you're talking about. I've, I've seen a few of them, but like I haven't seen like a lot of them together to really notice that. But now that you mention it, the ones that I have seen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're it's talking about. It's what made me notice it. I saw like, fo- like a group of like six Ghostbusters in a photo and like... Two two of them had the exact same bend in the ho- like this very and because it sticks out so far from the pack it's like a sol as opposed to like curling and curving upwards with it where like where, you know where the neutrona wand is it just kind of like juts out and then makes a very abrupt hard angled turn back towards the pack and you can totally tell like oh that's a Haslab pack and so it's kind of funny to me I'm like this is gonna be the telltale thing from a mile away of who's got an authentic pack they build themselves versus who's got a spooky spangler pack it's like oh I can yeah, take just, tight corners ooh you can't I've just been noticing <laughs> like John said I've just been noticing the uh, the yellow sleeve is what I've been noticing yeah. most on the back of the pack um, but yeah now that you mentioned it that's stupid tube <laughs> yeah but I mean like I, I mean I have my HasLab pack too right like I haven't but it's funny as I just I haven't <laughs> I could take the old Alice frame and put the HasLab pack on it and have my super pads but the Alice <laughs> frame I have has been drilled through like so many times oh, that yeah. I'm afraid to put anything on it except a spirit pack <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> the minute it has to carry the actual weight it may just blow apart <laughs> so <laughs> We'll just leave it as it is and start over with another one. So that, no, that's the gym uh, action feature is the blow apart Haslip pack. I mean, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't know if many people have ever seen this, but for a while I had a I had appropriated a video that I believe belonged to perhaps a group known as the New Hampshire Ghostbusters at some point that I don't even know if these folks are still in existence, but somebody had done a, a New Hampshire July oh, yeah. thing. Like Johnny Ruckus and them, the, the blow up. Yeah, yeah, that's every is year. It that, is it theirs? Is that Johnny Ruckus's? Like, that's the, that's, where they that's Ruckus. Proton pack? Yeah, that's yeah. Johnny Ruckus in uh, the New Hampshire's. Yeah, yeah. If it's, I, if it's the Fourth of July proton pack blow up. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I appropriated that video at one point as an Instagram <laughs> story and set it to um, James Brown's "Living in America." <laughs> <laughs> and I use it. I, I use it when I'm having a bad day and I'm frustrated about politics and things in the world. I just post that video with no context. Like oh, yeah. in my Instagram story. So I'm happy to know that who's it actually it is and to shout out to those folks who actually created that video. But um, yeah, I think it was I, uh, admittedly <laughs> totally appropriated it and put it into 16 <laughs> by nine and added <laughs> some James Brown to it. I think that was so, actually in uh, Ruckus's yard. I think that was in his backyard and it was uh, it was him. Uh, I can't remember who else Matt was there Burkett. with him, but Burkett was there. Was, yeah, that's right. Burkett was a part of it. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely it was definitely them. People got gotcha. so mad about it. People still get mad about that video. He, oh, when he I j- whenever I posted, I will get somebody who's like, oh, is everything what the what the hell is that? What did you do? And I'm like, I didn't do it. It's an inter- an internet yeah. video. I don't know. But <laughs> well, yeah. they, he um, when the Haslabs first came out, he joked about getting. He said, "Someone sell me one so we can blow it up like we did a few years ago." <laughs> and you know, the they're the same guys. Yeah, people getting mad in the comments about that is how dare you blow it up? And <laughs> he's also got a great yeah. Hello Hello Kitty pack. That's oh, I contributed to the Hello Kitty pack. I sent him an Alice frame for that. I was very proud of that. <laughs> well, this kind of gets us into all of the different prop work and things you do. So, would you say like you kind of started out as a franchise, like as a group of prop builders and cosplayers, predominantly first? Is that a fair thing to say? Absolutely. We all were getting together, building our props, got together to help each other get props make them as you know make them as accurate or as you know customizable as you wanted um we had some guys that are no longer with us that just really wanted like the arm mounted uh tainted love can uh, a proton pack uh and mm-hmm. i think everybody else just went full pack and a couple of slime blowers and we would meet and have bill days and make foam traps and grill burgers and hang out that's how it all started. Go to cons, take all our pointed finger pictures. Ah. <laughs> P.S. I hate the pointed finger. <laughs> look, you have so to it, you have to have a love hate relationship with the pointed finger, right? And that's the way I look at the pointed fingers. For those of you who are like, "What are you talking about?" It's if, the ready to believe you. You know what it is? Yeah, it's the ready yeah. to believe you finger point that. Um, if you go to a convention and you dress as a Ghostbuster, you will make that pose. Like it doesn't 10, you even times. Mean, mean to. You just you will do it a million times. I, yeah. I, I'm an advocate for it because it's a good way to during a picture is to show that you are have no inappropriate contact with anybody in the photo is to say like here I, are my hands. I think the good use for is showing where the camera is <laughs> yeah. is people always ask like who's taking the picture and you point that. Um <laughs> But like I, my my bit when we do a lot of those pictures is everyone starts pointing and I do the Tony Stark like don't show no gang signs please. Um, <laughs> so I, I I opt for the the both hands on belt pose. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, a lot of us started off as um, you know cosplayers first. I guess um, I know I was doing other cosplays before I realized hey the Ghostbusters is a thing we can do. Um, what kind of made us realize it is when one of the first Dragon Cons me and Jason went to is we met uh, Gary Taper, a friend of ours from North Carolina, and he had built what is, it, some people refer to it lovingly as, and some people use it as a, um, as a bad term. I like using it as a, as a, a type of pack, as a trash mm-hmm. pack, is, yeah. you know, where you just go to Lowe's, Walmart. Low uh, dollar store, and you get a bunch of stuff that you can put on a, a motherboard to make a, a facsimile of a uh, uh, a proton pack, um, and uh, that's what we did. Well, like we saw his, and like we can do this. So we went back home, and you get electrical boxes and pink insulation foam, and you you cut all that out and to measurements and everything. And so for one of our first Ghostbuster costumes was for Halloween. We made a couple of trash packs, and they were gotcha. like from 10, 10, 20 feet away. They looked awesome cost us 50 bucks to make and they were great. But then we got done with that and we're like, we can do this. You know, so we started looking on GB fans and our first proton packs are a product of 2010, 2011 GB fan forums. Mm -hmm. Um, 
all the parts came from different sellers on there before you had a lot of places that are doing their own websites and there was no Max Factory or anything. And uh, Nicotron was probably one of the best uh, resources for getting oh, yeah. uh, props from uh, pieces. And He still has um, the best the, bumper. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, if, if my Nicotron bumper ever breaks, I'll be so sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, all that stuff came from, you know, sellers at that time on GB fans. And so, uh, about that, as soon as we got that done is when we discovered the other guys in the state and like, oh, there's other guys wanting to do what, what we're doing. And so that's when we got together, we met, we drove down to, uh, Columbia, met everybody and we just kind of was like, okay, well, what now? And then that's when we started doing, you know, small conventions, fundraisers, just, you know, uh, the occasional birthday party, if we can not help doing that. But, um, <laughs> you know, just different stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, do we just do we just hang out in jumpsuits or do we actually try to do something? And that's when we learned that, hey, this is something that not only can you do for fun, but you can do as a benefit for, you know, various uh, other resources and people and organizations and things like that. So it's the same thing that a lot of franchises have discovered over the years is, you know, you can use this logo as a way to help other people or, uh, make things happen for other people. So absolutely to piggyback off that, it's, you know, using our love and enjoyment of a movie to bring smiles to the people faces and to pay it forward. You know, people see us, they recognize us, they come over and they see like, Oh, Hey, you guys are raising money for, for something. Yeah, sure. I'll help out. You know, can I, can I try it on? Can I get a picture? You know, anything just to help out with that. And, We've done several, we've gone through a couple of different waves of charities. Uh, the first charity we worked with was Scares That Care out of Virginia. And what they did every year was they would like basically kind of adopt a family that had gone through a hardship, like if house fires, medical bills, and they legit would donate 110% of things to that family. It's like 100% of cash donations and 10% of merchandising. Um, they they throw their own scare con every year. That's a lot of fun. Oh wow! Um, what did we do after that, Rob? You remember? I think we did school supplies, and we did a yeah. couple of individuals. Um, you know, like yeah, yeah, we did specific individuals for a while, like local people that you know, like when we had one the family had like a house fire that needed help. So we similar what we're doing now with uh, Heather's family. Shout out to our current raffle that we're doing that we'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah, is that sure. uh, we would we would uh, pick a family, um, you know, that had either outreach to us or that we knew personally and tried to help them in various ways for like trying to get toys together for Christmas and things like that, trying to get clothes together, just trying to help the family out. Someone had been, I think this one family had a, a house fire at one point or the um, the dad had been in a car accident and had been out of work for a while. So just trying to find different ways to help out like that. So trying to donate and raise funds for a specific family rather than an organization. So, um, and then from there, I think we, where we get to now is a uh, special Olympics, South Carolina. <clears throat> so that's, if you say that's who you're doing uh, work for now, predominantly is special Olympics, South Carolina. Yeah. We've been doing that for a couple of years. Um, I think since 2021, but that's where the winnings from the trivia contest got to go. And they were really appreciative of all that and we've raised some good money with them and it's just nice to help people out pay it forward just by dressing up as your favorite movie 
<laughs> Did you say despite dressing up as your favorite no, movie? No, no, just like, like look. Even though you're dressed up as your favorite movie, <laughs> you get to pay it forward to people. You know, <laughs> John can't word all good. Uh, just no, I'm just being funny, but <laughs> no, you know, just by dressing up as your favorite movie. No, that's what. Okay, I didn't hear you well. That, that's I thought you said despite, and I was uh, like, that's kind of funny. If you're like, hey, listen, we brought. I hate doing donations. this, but here I hated carrying this proton pack all the week, you know. But like, we did proton pack for heart. Um, it was a well. That's the that's the funny <laughs> thing too is sometimes people come up to you and yeah, they're like. Why? <laughs> like, why are you dressed up like this? What do you do? What do you do? Are you oh, yeah, you have ghost hunters? So, yeah, every every person that does these types of events and fundraisers and conventions has this conversation of, like, why is what it comes down to. So, and that's, that's be able to have an answer like that for people is always is always great. And I've, I've, I started doing other um, uh, types of uh, cosplays as well in that same vein with you know I, my other one uh, I've done Batman over the years my other main one is Captain America and I've, I've done a lot of stuff like that with another organization I'm with here in South Carolina um, that you know we just it's superhero based rather than Ghostbuster based so right um, but you know Ghostbusters is the only one that I have you know tattooed on me and have built proton packs for us so that's where I am so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which, John, are you also of, covered in Ghostbusters tattoos? Is that I finally <laughs> recently got the logo tattooed on me a few weeks ago. I just hadn't gotten around to it in the past 10 years. I've been meaning to, but uh, I'm actually in talks with Jake about doing a back piece. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, just like I said, the inspiration is Sam Hain and go. And let's, <laughs> you know, I have, I have, as Jake mentioned, I have one of the the maybe 10 Ghostbuster tattoos on my arm that he did for me a few years ago. Uh, again, shout out to Jacob Wash, Walsh of Velden Wash. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob Walsh. Jacob Wash. Jacob Wash. Craig. a new thing. It's like when Jacob hides things from the rest of his podcast, it's Jacob Washing. It's <laughs> uh, it, uh, to Jacob Walsh of Valdosta, Georgia. Um, uh, he a uh, fantastic artist. Uh, he's, I know he was on uh, last episode with you as well, and he does a lot of great work. And as he mentioned, is what I had him do. I said, "Look, I want Ghost from the cartoon on my arm. Make it happen." That's all I said. You, as the artist, you run with it. And so he did a fantastic uh, sleeve for me of that, and um, That's proud awesome. to have his work on me. So. I'm looking forward yeah, to figuring that out. Amazing. I'm looking forward to working that out and getting started. Yeah, I got an, another appointment with him in a few months for something unrelated, but it's good. So cool. Um, well, I think that the I think it's cool that you all are getting going out and getting inked up, um, branding yourselves. I've yet to do this, uh, but uh, you know, it's in the cards. Eventually, you have to. <laughs> You have to make yourself committed to the cult. Um, you have to get a non. You have to get a non kitchen table tattoo. It's a. It's a yeah. You know, it's, 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 yeah. It's a blood yeah. sacrifice. It's, admissions. It's, admissions to things you did in your teenage years that you didn't think you'd make on your podcast, but you did. Oh, well, yeah, you know. Um. That yeah. I there's there's a story there, but it's for a different day. <laughs> or or just go to the other episode and listen to it there. <laughs> yeah, no. The other the other episode tells you like that that I had a tattoo on a kitchen table and that the kitchen ta- it was a clean tattoo for the most part that it says that I had all brand new needles and things and it was from a tattoo artist but there's a much deeper story there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the plot thickens. 
I'll tell you that story off air. There you go. Got you. Got you. Got you. Um, <laughs> everybody yeah. else is like, "What? There's a secret tattoo story?" Yep, there is. Um, it's not really a secret. <laughs> you got to join the Extraplasm uh, Patreon to hear it. <laughs> That's not a thing that exists <laughs> yet. <laughs> Please do do not give me the obligation of feeling like I have to actually own up to some social contract of taking money and providing a service in return. Dude, one you. one dollar, you get that one story. That's it. One dollar, one story. Period. Yeah, one one dollar, one story, and uh, I I send you a, an NFT, um, <laughs> a worthless NFT that no one wants anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, well, you we keep getting off track of some of this, but I don't really care. It's fine with me. Uh, but um, what would you say? I, mean, I know you're doing stuff with with um, blah. What would you say? Like I know you're doing stuff with Special Olympics now. Is probably the, the most impactful thing that you've done as a charity organization. Like, and what do you, what would you say was like kind of had the most meaning for you? And you don't both have to have the same answer, right? Like you don't have to take a minute convene. You have to have one, like you can each, you know, what do you think? <laughs> uh, f- for me, other than what we're currently working on, because Heather was wonderful and uh, we really miss her, but uh, t- I think it was the Christmas of 2019. We yeah. raised a, uh, we did a big toy drive for a f- local family whose father was in late stages of disease and, they, you know, he was out of work and they reached out to us because they wanted to give, give their kids like one possible last big Christmas with their father and the community just absolutely came through. We filled the trailer this family and yeah that one that one was really great we we all got together um, wrapped, wrapped all the the presents and everything i think there were there were three kids that's the one i was, I was thinking of a second ago i got my my information mixed up um as far as like um the the father themselves but yeah yeah we uh it was three kids um we had a ton of presents clothes uh shoes um uh, just a lot of different things uh, to help that family out. And, you know, it's just, it was, it meant a lot to them. And it was just, honestly, the the best part for us was, um, or from, you know, just seeing all of our group get together and be like, yeah, we'll, we'll come wrap presents at, you know, early on a Saturday morning, just to load in this trailer and take to somebody else. So um, it was, it was good that everybody got together for that. So. Yeah. And we, we hand delivered it and just seeing the smile and people was great. It was good times. And just because, you know, they were a big fan of the video game, of course, we had to uh, give them a copy of Ghostbusters Remaster that had just come out. So, gotcha. Oh, yeah, that was right after Remaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that game is awesome. Some might even argue that it's better than other current games, but I digress. <laughs> um, people can't see your two thumbs up uh on on yes. the non-video podcast john yes that, that was a secret two thumbs up but yeah that that game is pristine uh, played several times a year yeah 2009 game is fantastic um well i think it's great that you guys are out doing things in the community i do want to talk about what's going on now with what you're uh running as a charity donation opportunity for folks uh, and a raffle so but i want i don't want to steal away the thunder from you of doing so so um, take it away. What what are you working on now, and why is it important? Um, well, we're currently doing a raffle for a fallen member of our group. Heather Bradley passed away on 
Christmas night of 2022. And I think it was day after, if I remember. It was like the 26th, I think. Or was it December 25th? Well, like I feel like that whole they were, couple of days blurred together for me. So yeah, but she she passed away, and she was just she always brought joy to our group and was wonderful to hang out with. And everybody has great stories with her. She was she was our Zool, our Ash, um, our bringer of Doug Jones hugs. We did a con where Doug Jones was there, and she kept just bringing him to the table to give us hugs, and it was <laughs> it was a good time, and. It was just sudden and unexpected, and you know she leaves she leaves some family behind, and we want to raise money to help out them because she was part of our family. We want to make you know help out her family, so we've got a big raffle going on with three prize tiers. Um, let's see if I can remember everything. Uh, we've got a vintage tea that's coming from Uncle Rob's. Uh, Personal collection. <laughs> uh, we've got the the Lego the Ecto One, not the big one that just came out, but the one from a few years ago. We've got the hardback uh, containment unit, the, the Mass Hysteria, the first hardcover from IDW. We've got the entire run of the Kinner Retro uh, figures that came out with the Ecto- yeah, and that's the uh, that's the the first prize tier. Is the retro collection, the '84 Lego Ecto, the IDW total containment, and then, like I said, I'm I'm still trying to figure out which, because uh, I'm a huge uh, uh, vintage uh, like T-shirt collector, like Star Wars shirts. I say vintage. Vintage mm-hmm. now is like '90s and stuff, which makes me sad. But um, <laughs> I have I have a few uh, Ghostbuster tees from the '80s, some promo stuff for Ghostbusters two and things like that. Um, I'm still trying to figure out, I'm gonna, everyone's kind of meeting up next week at, at my place. So I'm going to kind of let everyone vote on which one we want to add in. Um, the second prize is we're doing the 2016, uh, Ecto logo. The, we have a Playmobil Slimer hot dog stand. Um, gotcha. and then the, uh, the GB, uh, Ninja Turtle crossover. Hardcover. Um, special hard, but hardcover is what we're doing there for a second. And then the third prize is going to be a plasma series slimed ray. A Hallmark, uh, one of the Hallmark itty bitties, uh, Ghostbusters Monopoly, and the Fright Features Ecto One playset. Um, so the first prize uh, we valued around four hundred seventy-five dollars. Second prize around two fifty, and third around eighty dollars. So a little bit of something for everybody. Um, we can uh, we're doing uh, two dollar tickets or five dollars for three tickets, and or twenty dollars, and we'll uh, uh, randomize between 20 and 40 tickets. So you can give us 20 bucks and you can get a random number of tickets between 20 and 40. So you might hit the, hit the jackpot, hit $20 for 40 tickets and double up on Hang your on. Own, so. you, you have to say that's not just the jackpot. That's a very specific kind <laughs> Super of Super jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I made you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you do it enough times, you hit the triple super. super. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I know what you were asking for there. Okay, yes, at least, you I know what, at least I knew what yeah. you were asking for. Yes. Um, Thank yeah, you. we're we, <laughs> well, we're 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 taking uh, uh, we're doing the tickets through uh, PayPal. Um, you can find our PayPal address. Uh, it's at paypal.com, paypalme.com/scgb. Everything can be found on a post through South Carolina Ghostbusters on Facebook. Um, 
we are doing a drawing for the the prizes on June 8th. We know it's a little ways out, but it gives people plenty of time. Let me figure what better way to do it than on Ghostbusters Day. So, Absolutely, yeah. Nice. Um, if folks want to go out and help support that, I did mention it last week on the podcast as well. Um, but now you've heard about it firsthand yeah. as to why we appreciate you know, that too, by the way. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. And no, of course. Um, but I know Heather was, you know, very important to you all in your community and, um, it was really a big blow to you all. Um, I felt really bad when I saw it happen. Um, although I never got to meet Heather, unfortunately. Um, but, um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to lose people in your community. And I think it's great that you all are trying to do what you can to, um, help her family. So. If people are out there and you want to be able to help out other folks who put on flight suits, um, you now know who to call. Yeah. yeah. This is actually. This money is going to uh, her family. She had a uh, young daughter, Betty, um, and this money will be going to, to, you know, pay for things that, that she'll be needing here soon. So. This is unfortunately our third member we've lost in the past 10 years. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Um I feel like the older I get, the more that you go through this stuff of, you know, kind of losing people in your community. Um, I think I talked about in the podcast recently that a friend of mine from college that I've, you know, have known for since I was like 18, just kind of left us at about six months of time because he suddenly became ill. And um, one of those things I will say to folks listening to the podcast is love the people you love and do it while you can't because yep. you don't know when you can't. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't mean to be like, let's be like, hey, let's all be sad now for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, Somebody quick, drop the afterlife music from when like Egon shows up <laughs> at the end. Like, but I want to give a shout out to our follow, our, all our fallen members. Uh, we lost Shane McElveen in 2014 um, from a heart, the heart condition he was born with. We lost Justin Burbage in 2019 from brain cancer that came on incredibly fast. And we lost Heather last year. And it's we've done some good fundraisers for all of them, and we're proud of that. And we're just hoping to do it again. Right on. Well, folks can certainly uh, get on to the PayPal.me and uh, hook that up. I think it's a really good thing you're doing. Um, yeah. Oh, we are uh, we are doing uh, ticket sales until June the seventh, the day before the drawing. So gotcha. I didn't mention that a second ago. So. And then what else do you have going on in terms of like what's coming down the pike for you all as an organization? Like where other cons you're doing or the charity stuff you're doing coming up? Let's see. We're still uh, beginning of the year is always trying to ramp up and get some things going. Uh, we have some cons booked for the end of the year in November. We don't really have anything. Yeah. South Carolina is really weird as far as um, con availability. Mm -hmm. Um because some of them are so sparsed out. A lot of cons in South Carolina are toward, yeah, the end of the year, um, especially ones that want Ghostbusters. Um, uh, but uh, I think we just, uh, we have, uh, is it SE Horror is going to be uh, later this year in September? Still waiting um, on confirmation on that. Working, we're yeah. getting on Soda City in Columbia. Soda City in, in Columbia. Uh -huh. Uh, so we have a few conventions throughout the year that we're trying to get lined up for just, you know, just to have tables set up, hopefully sell some more tickets at those. Um, but it's, it's always kind of weird around here. It's, it's, I've seen some organizations to where they're in areas to where they have something every weekend, not so much around here, but you know, we, we, we do enjoy anything that we can do. So. Cool. And you know, some conventions are so small or we can't get, sometimes they're so spread out. We can't get enough people to, you know, 
we have a minimum number of people that we want at a table so nobody's ever left alone. Uh, yeah. Things like that. Sometimes just meeting up the requirements is a little difficult, but working a con by yourself is no fun and not good for anybody's mental health. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so. Yeah, I. I've, I've only, I have never, you know, I mean, I have to say I've only worked cons a few times, like, um, and I don't even really ever think of it as work. I just go and end up being at other people's stuff. Cause I don't have a franchise. So it's like, I go, I show up at a con and like all the LA folks would be like, Hey, come and hang out with us. And so I never really feel like it's work for me, but there was one time where, uh, early on in sort of dressing up as a ghostbuster, I said, I'd go meet up with somebody at a con and they were like, yeah, you know, I'll see you there in the morning. And I got there and um, the stuff was there and they weren't <laughs> and oh, yeah. they were like, and I got this message. It was like, yeah, I'm going to be late. Um, can you just, can you just, just man, man the, the table, table for me? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so people will come up to me and go, oh, is this your stuff? And I was like, well, kind of, but not really. <laughs> is this your organization? Like, no, but they're really awesome. Like, when? Why are you here? Um, it's complicated. Right? Like, that's just like so. Yeah, working a table alone is weird. Um, especially if it's not your table. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, some working a table can be a lot of work. You know, you got you got a couple of different photo opportunities on either side. You know, you got people asking questions, passing you passing out freebies. Um, people trying to excuse me, excuse me. Why? <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> uh, some people try to offer their baby up to our Vigo painting, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's always a constant. So, but uh, it's it's it, we have a we have a good time. We enjoy it. Um, but it's just it's one of those to where we maybe do what a few events a year now. Um, yeah. Just because they're so far between, and some events around here, you know, they're just like you say. Well, do you have any interest in a Ghostbuster group being at your table? They're like, no. Again. Why? So, <laughs> so, I, so it's funny is you said why, but the last event that I was probably at, I'm trying to think what the last con I was at was, and it's probably Midsummer Scream in like August because I ha- don't think I went to a con after that. Maybe I did. I don't remember. Um, but Midsummer Scream is like a Halloween convention. It happens out here. Oh, yeah. And so it's like literally it's just horror stuff. It's just like yeah. Ghostbusters are there every year too, but it's like all mask makers and uh, like haunted houses and there's mazes and all kinds of stuff because it's all the people who do like local haunts in their backyards and things. Like scare actor stuff. Yeah. 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 Right. It's gotcha. like scare actor stuff, but it's also like people who do like literally local haunts where they're like every year we put together a haunted house in our yeah. like house and we run it and it's our like business or they rent out a warehouse and do it. So it's like a big convention of horror, scare, scare actory kind of stuff. Um, and so this past year we're standing there as ghostbusters and there's this woman who's like dressed as like a of you know a feminine version of beetlejuice right and so she just keeps running by the table and she's <laughs> like these guys are trying to catch me <laughs> and we're all just like kind of standing there awkwardly like 
being just kind of it was hot as hell for the good like we're all sweating it's like we're all in masks because it's like still post-covid in california and here's this person who's like these guys are trying to catch me and i'm like there is no point where anybody's gonna run after you today but it was like, <laughs> it was like and to me that was my why moment of this it's like what the hell is going on it's a lot of fun but i wonder where that person is now and if whether or not they ever convinced anybody to chase after them um, we have we have a lot of fun at Retro ToyCon every year. It's like a big toy convention. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Retro's great. That's a great one. Uh, yeah, Retro is later this year. Retro ToyCon is a big vintage toy collect, uh, big to- re- de- vintage toy convention uh, here in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Um, they have Ecto-Glows. You can always find a lot of good stuff. Still haven't bought the Ectoglows, I see there. Uh, <laughs> in, my defense, in my defense, the last ones I saw there were like graded on card for $1,500 a piece. So, wow. pass pass yeah that's um, that's a lot so but uh but no that's that's a fun convention that we're we're on board with every year is uh retro toy con i know the, the yes have some crowd comes up when they can um so it's, it's fun to, to see them there on the on the toy hunt oh. yeah, the last, uh, last time in 2021 got to meet pixel dan that was really cool got a, oh, yeah. got a copy of his he-man and the masters of the universe <laughs> book that was awesome um i don't remember let's see chris fawcett who wrote red plastic with a history of Ninja Turtle toys was there too. That was a really cool book to get. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and hey, toys. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm if you've seen what's behind me, it's just the sea of toys. Some of oh, them yeah. are custom. Some of them are Kenner. Uh, some of them are Hasbro. You know. So um, yeah, I, I think that's a good sort of thing for us to talk about for a little bit. I think we're all three of us pretty big toy collectors. Y'all met in the podcast of. Uh, group of Ghostbusters and toy collecting, basically, which is like, I mean, obviously, the Yes Have Some podcast talks about other stuff other than that, but it's set, certainly central stuff to what goes on in the YHS universe. Um, I think that it's a very interesting time for like custom toys because the technology to do it has never been greater. Oh, right? absolutely. Like, like the way that people can do 3D CAD designs and stuff and just like whip out, you know, um, they can print stuff, do prototyping. And then from there, figure out how to make it all work is just kind of amazing to me. And, um, I know I plug them a lot because Tony's been on the show more than once, but like even watching sort of like what our friends at, uh, Tony Taylor toys or phantasm toys have yes. started to do in terms oh, of, like, yes, absolutely. you know, uh, moving well. from single, from a single casted piece of, you know, uh, resin to multiple pieces that can be printed out or that can be casted and then yeah. put together. Just got my, just got my really slime ball amazing. the other day. In fact, so. nice. Oh, did you, you got your yeah. slime ball. Slime balls yeah. are amazing. I love my slime ball figures. They're great. Yeah. I had to get on the second run cause I forgot to order from the first. So yeah, I need to get on that one. I also look forward to their next run of the terror tub. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely getting on the terror tub. Terror tub's great. Um, terror currently tub also amazing. Also, their line of shirts are pretty good too. I'm yeah. currently wearing the 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 uh the eyeball ghost t shirt that they just started recently doing. So, so. free advertising. I want to get the Gooper one. I want to get the Gooper Ghost one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This has become the like let's let's talk about how much we want to buy things from Fantastic. <laughs> let's podcasts. talk about other people's stuff that we want to buy. <laughs> hey, we want to buy more stuff from these people. Um, Here are the list of people we would like to give our money to. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, in all seriousness, like this is a, what we're talking about, though, is like that's, you know, look, they're kind of like friends of ours, I think, mutually. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Tony Taylor and, and Brandon Pierce over Baducci Studios have kind of created this opportunity for like, you know, merchandising all these different cool ideas that we would 
all want. And I think that that's something that was harder to do 20 years ago. You know, it's just something yeah. that I think it was really a lot more complicated and difficult to do. And so, you know, folks like Bam, folks like Tony and, and Phantasm, you know, um, uh, the other folks who have like left my brain at the moment that I'm not thinking about, but you know, everybody who's out there making all this different, cool custom stuff. Oh yeah. Um, they fill these gaps, I think for us that are the things we wish they got made and then didn't. Oh, um, absolutely. So. And especially, especially when, you know, you're right. You look at, you know, 20, 30 years ago, everyone's like, you know, would it be cool if they did this or if they did that or now you can you do know, it I was president of the toy company, I would do this. And now everyone's like, well, I will. And you're just able to like put these things out on your own, whether or not you're trying to, you know, mass produce it or anything. It's the fact that you can make it for yourself and, you know, whatever volume you want to now is, is fantastic. And the quality that they're able to do these in is, is also great too. Yeah. Like the, the first, um, some of the first, uh, little figures I got from, uh, from Tony, I just, I thought were fantastic. I got, I, I'm a sucker for limited edition. So I started like buying all the little, black editions <laughs> that he was doing early on. So I have a ton of those on the, the show. Shadow so. versions. And yes. The, yes. Yeah. I'm a sucker for those. Uh. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah. That's, if something is made glow in the dark, there's some folks who are like, I need that one too. I, must, <laughs> I need all of the variants. And in my world, I'm crazy because I'm like, Oh my God, there's different variants of the ectoplasm lab that was never even released in the United States. And I need to know about them all for no good reason. Also, I hate you for that, by the way, because I was going to order one. Then you, then I found out through you that there was a variant of it. I'm like, well, my life's ruined now. <laughs> Did you not get one at all as a result of this? I haven't, well, I haven't got one yet. Cause my problem is I have, I've, I'm like a, like ooh shiny or ooh squirrel kind of person is I'll like I need to do this I need to get this and then I get distracted by something else and I get that something else instead. Ah, so. uh, I have this problem. It's why I have a roof rack in my garage that's never had a single thing built on it for um, a conversion for the Ecto One because I bought a roof rack from REI and then went. I want to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's <laughs> it's the problem with me when I'm like I'm in. Not only am I into like car modifications but sneakers and vintage t-shirts and toys and then cosplay yeah. is like okay i need to do this then like this sneaker gets shock dropped or released and like oh, i gotta get that now because i won't be able to get it again or this car part goes on sale like ah crap now i gotta get that so <laughs> all right let's so, talk about sneakers for a minute because i want to play uh, it. let's talk about because if you're cool with it let's talk about ghostbusters wish fulfillment for a little while all right um, that's because i would like to know from you as a sneaker collector John, you can chime in on this. Um, I personally, here's like a, a real, real brass tax thing. That means that they'll never, ever treat me as an influencer. And that's totally, okay, <laughs> that's not why I'm here. Uh, but I have felt that the last set of Reebok shoes that Reebok did that uh, let's be fair. I have thought that all of the shoes that Reebok has done for, for Ghostbusters with perhaps the exception of the Muncher shoes and the Stay Puft Kids shoes they did have looked like hot trash. <laughs> and I have I openly despised them. So my question first for you is, as a sneaker collector, what is your feeling on the Reebok lines of Ghostbusters shoes? So I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought the Stompers uh, simply the, the first ones that they did simply because I honestly, I love that shoe. Um, if you're unfamiliar, the Stompers are a low top version of the 
super high top that Sigourney Weaver yeah. wore in Aliens. They are a Reebok. There's no laces. It's a Velcro strap across the top. But uh, they've released those once in a super high top, by the way. But they're like s- several thousand dollars now. And I should have got them years ago when they were like 200 But anyways, neither here nor there. But when they released the uh, the Stompers with the, like, the slime tank on the back of it, the slime tank you just throw it in the garbage. But I thought the Stomper itself was <laughs> was fine. However, is the main thing with the Stompers, though, is you have to – if it didn't have, uh, like, the little line of uh, hazard tape on it and everything, you wouldn't really be like, well, this is a Ghostbuster right. shoe. Yep. So, you, just by looking at it, you can't tell it's a Ghostbuster shoe. I got it's like it literally a shoe that if it didn't have the yellow and black caution stripe accent that makes things a Ghostbusters it, thing. It, it looks almost weird looking. If shoe. you ever look at it identical to the regular Stomper that they released uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. it looks almost identical. Like there's a couple of color differences, but like nothing that's like standing out other than the weird plastic slime tank they put on the back, which just comes right off. Um, the other line that they did recently, like you mentioned with the uh, the, the mini puffs, the munchers, <clears throat> uh, I I thought, yeah, the kids' shoes versions were better. The only shoe that I liked out of that line was the Terror Dog shoe. Um, that was the, when it was the, all black, right? The all black and it had the mouth at the bottom. It was the pair yeah. that Gil Keenan was wearing during, um, uh, was it, was it uh, NC Comic Con where they played the movie? Was that where it was? Anyways, oh, in, he was in, in New York, in, NYC. Yeah, yeah, yeah or in yeah, New York Comic Con, not NC. Where am I at? Um, he was he was wearing <laughs> a pair. They they yeah. premiered they premiered, yeah, premiered it in North, North Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> everyone, yeah, like, come uh, on out to Charlotte. <laughs> like it's 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 late here, but uh, but I I thought those were were fun. I own that pair, um, and I own the pair of the Stompers too. But I own that pair specifically because it reminded me a lot of the um, uh, old. Kenner Ghostbuster uh, line, like the uh, mm-hmm. like the um, uh, uh, like Granny Gross and the mm-hmm. uh, the um, the Fearsome Flush and all those. It reminded me a lot of those. Like the sh- if the shoe is actually trying to like eat your foot, um, which I thought was cool. I still think yeah, it's not perfect because the shoe that they put it on is not the most comfortable. Um, but I bought them anyways because it's a shoe with the Ghostbuster logo on it, and I, I'm I'm a sucker. Uh, honestly, my favorite Ghostbuster shoes are actually made by a company called Bape. B A P. Okay, yeah. Uh, and the problem with Bape shoes, though, is Bape is a Japanese designer brand um, that you know the shoe retail can still be two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars. They have. $150 t-shirts. So the the brand by itself right. is is pretty expensive to the the average consumer. Uh but th- those are the pairs that um Jason was wearing on stage that day. It was a black pair of uh sneakers. They look like Nike Air Forces, um which is where they got the design from, but it just had uh, their little stylized Ghostbuster logo on the side of it and that's it. It's super simple, straightforward. It's a Ghostbuster shoe. You can recognize it right away. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. Um, and I think those are some of the best Ghostbuster shoes rather than just making a khaki shoe with hazard stripes on it. Um, and I feel like that's – it's just like the uh, the Plasma Series packaging now is you just – let's put hazard stripes on everything and call it a Ghostbuster thing. This is the wish fulfillment part. What do you want the shoes for the next movie promotion? What What should they be? 
Like, what is a good <sighs> Ghostbuster shoe supposed to look? And, and John, you should weigh in on this because, like, a really comfortable you know, uh, Cork in nine ninety. <laughs> it just somebody whips out corcoran boots yeah and they're like we're bringing them back all the discontinued models and zippers we're getting those right back for you but in, <laughs> but in, by comfortable enough to wear on a nursing shift that comfort <laughs> re-release the accurate biltrites with the anti-slip dots on the bottom will be good to go uh not like that's the thing like with an ad with an average sneaker um I don't think there is a good way to do it. That's not what people are already doing. I think the closest you can get to a fun sneaker is what they did with like the mini puffs and muncher is just, you know, just yeah. put the ghost on there, make the shoe have that, the, the, the color way of the, the ghost and everything. I think where they lose it with a lot of really any ghostbuster merchandise is let's make it khaki, put hazard stripes on it, call it a day. Whoopee. Um, hazard stripes, slime, slimers. Yeah. yeah slime, slimer, you know, anything like that. But well, I'll I, say, I, like my the the shoe I hated the most out of those Reeboks was the one that was pink. That looked oh like, yeah, yeah. It, it looked yeah. like somebody had walked through like an emergency room post op. <laughs> like, Honestly, it, it was gross. <laughs> what shoe I really liked, to an extent, was the K Swiss Stay Puffs that they yeah, released nice. a few. So, but the only reason I don't like those, I have a pair in the case right here. I've never worn them; they're just on display. Is the only reason I don't like them is they're a case whizzes and two uh, <laughs> they they're like they're puffy and I understand why they're puffy and everything but right. like you know I don't I just I didn't think that fit with it the colors and everything looked great with it stripes and everything and the details on it were great but it was just a shoe that wasn't you know khaki and everything so that's uh, the the Bape ones they released a, a pair for Afterlife which I thought were really cool because they looked tie dye but in the tie dye you can find uh, snippets of the gear. You can find like a cyclotron in the tie-dye and goggles right. in the tie-dye. So, it's very subtle when you look at it. And I think that's the thing is subtlety mm-hmm. is too many times, yeah, it's just like put a big old hazard stripe on it and call it a day is, you know, honestly, I would love a pair of, honestly, my perfect shoes. I love Jordan 1s. I'm a sucker for Jordan 1s. Um, but it would be, I love high tops. Um, I would love a, just a, a like a GB2 gray high top that you know had some subtle stuff on it like if it was a nike one a gb gray 2 with like uh a mood slime pink swoosh on it or something like that you i'd know? wear, gotcha. I'd wear so, that yeah. I'd wear but that. yeah but something something simple and subtle like that to where you know there's details on it that would say ghostbusters or something but it's not just again i keep going back to it a khaki shoe with a hadra stripe on it <laughs> Which is that was also in that I, line, which is where they, yeah. they they did the Reebok. I think the Reebok patch was the same as the name patch, and it was a khaki shoe, and the the other side of it had the hazard stripe on it or something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. so and, and honestly, subtlety is the key with with stuff with with Ghostbuster shoes because even the the case with Slimer ones were. I mean, it's neat when you see them uh, in the picture, but then you see them in person, you're like, these are weird. So. <laughs> they're the bright super green right isn't that the whole oh, shoe yeah. is like a bright, and, and, green and, shoe? Uh, and translucent too is the other weird part <laughs> it's like it's a good idea for a shoe to display but never to wear and I, I, don't, I don't know how much of your shoes you actually wear versus what you actually display but um, I my knowledge of sneaker collecting comes from my brother because when I was you know growing up with him he was huge a huge sneaker head and mm. now he's a guy who like he sells sneakers on eBay because he's oh, yeah. he goes to like save he goes to savers and 
Find That's my side hustle is I'll, I'll flip a pair of shoes to buy something else I want, but I really yeah, wear that's everything. Stick. That's what he does. Yeah. I wear everything. The only pair I have on display is the, the two K-Swiss shoes simply because I don't like wearing K-Swiss. Um, so I just, it's just every, every sneaker collector, sneaker head has like a shoe that they know fits them well and that is comfortable and everything. And so I know the shoes that I like to wear and just that, I mean, they're on display as part of like my Ghostbuster collection, but I've never worn them because I just don't like wearing, wearing those. I'm interested um, to see like, will Reebok continue to have the license for Ghostbusters shoes? Will Bape, like, is that renegotiated for the new movie or what? Well, that's the funny thing too, is they were released at the same time is so licensing yeah. is, is, is weird with stuff like that. So I'm not sure because, you know, like, like your case was had it, then case was, um, you know, went to, to Reebok. So yeah, you're, it's, it's interesting to see how specifically that, licensing transfers from company to company and which ones i think the reason that the bape ones was able to do what they were doing is because the logo is their own interpretation on it um when right. you look at the bape no ghost logo it's not the same as their stylized version of it mm -hmm. i think that's their little loophole in it hence why their shoes look like air force ones but are not quote air force ones but that's a whole different gotcha. lawsuit that's come up recently so <laughs> <laughs> um Let's kind of continue this discussion of Ghostbusters wish fulfillment for a couple minutes, if that's cool with you. Oh, sure. Um, Sounds good. Let's talk about casting. Like, is there you cool talking about this recent casting news? Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I want to get it. So, so just a, it's fun to talk with some other folks about where we think uh, this casting is going to go, like what it means. Like, and I'm a. Uh, trying to figure out like where do i want each of the people who's been cast to be plugged into this movie in some way like my ideal version of like what they are doing in the movie right and so um i want to sort of hear what your takes on this are like one like what are you hoping for out of the movie in general obviously like what's your what's your thing you hope happens in this upcoming movie but two like is there a version like do you see the casting news we've seen and then go Here's what I hope those people are doing. And like, what I mean by this is like, and I'll give you an example. Um, I can't imagine as much as I know that um, a friend of ours is circulating a piece of artwork that shows Pat Oswalt in a flight suit. Uh, I can't <laughs> imagine that Pat Oswalt is actually going to be a ghostbuster. I really can't. I'm like, he's like 54 years old. I don't know what he's like. He's not running after ghosts, right? It's not a thing that's happening. I think um, Patton will probably be like an angry customer. Oh, uh, you know, so like somebody's like, what is this ghost doing here? You know, like he'll be in there for like eight minutes. But uh, I don't know. Casting call casting news that big, probably bigger than that. But uh, some form of what do you, I guess. What would you want him to be? And that's what I'm getting. is like, what do you want? Because for me, I want Pat Oswald to be the villain of this movie. That's like I'm like, I want Pat Oswald to be the bad guy. I think that <laughs> I think that would be great. I don't think I've had enough time to think about what I would love. So what I'd like to see Patton is because I Patton is like my favorite comedian. I've seen him a yeah. couple times. I got to meet him once. Uh, it's just if you ever if you want to see him do a bad guy, watch a movie called Big Fan. Um, mm -hmm. It's like he played a just like a, a huge football fan. And it was like a really dark character for him. It was really it was really great. So, But I think him as a bad guy could be really interesting. Just he'd be able to like you know take on the darkness of whatever that's been building up in the city and just you know kind of like kind of like Janusz but 
little like a lot darker and and, yeah. and bitter because he does bitter really well. Yeah, again, he can do kind of like funny version of bitter too. It'd be like the kind of villain who you could almost like laugh at the stuff that they're saying because of how they're doing it. But I don't know. Like that's just the problem with I'm thinking about. The, I, granted, yeah, I think he'd be good as the villain. But the problem with him as the villain is I feel like. Patton Oswald, like the kind of character he normally plays, would lend itself a little too close to another villain from another Ghostbuster movie. I do think uh, you, I think you're right about that. I actually <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm glad you said it because I was like, where this probably doesn't work is that he comes a lot like if the kinds of characters he plays. And this is my worry. I don't. This is I will be open with both of you and tell you my worry about the casting news is that I don't want it to be typecasting news. That's exactly, kind of why I yeah. want to see them do something different with these people, because like I'll be real. I saw Kumail and I was like, oh, goofy Kumail, Kumail, who was just like a he was a fake Jedi, but he was a lovable fake Jedi recently in the Obi-Wan show. And like, but then I forget that, like, he's also done like actual like my my partner was like, have you seen him in the Chippendales show that he did? And I was like, no, she's like, oh, he's really good. in it. he like plays like the like guy who started Chippendales. And I was like, really? Is he like a dramatic actor? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, no, he's so. he's a great actor. But my my worry with with both of them is I would honestly love for both of them to be bit parts. Like with Patton, I specifically think too, if you've ever seen 22 Jump Street, where he played like yeah. random college professor um, in uh, uh, Channing Tatum's uh, class. <laughs> like that's kind of what I want for both of them is to be like a bit part in and out because I feel like both of them depending on the role could lend itself to overshadowing the regular cast. Like I could very right. easily see them yeah. overshadowing the cast from that's coming back from afterlife. Um, He's so worked I with hope- Jason before on young. Adult, yeah. And he was mm-hmm. really good in that. You know, he just played like cynical, uh, you know, ex-boyfriend that just kept that Charlie's Theron kept, going back to it. He's like, you know what? You never cared about me. You know, it's just a great character actor when he needs to be, but you're right. He has a, like, he's a big name and he's typecast, but I trust Gil Keenan because he gave us monster. House. So. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I mean, I'm not, and the, by no means yeah. am I trying to be like, Hey, <laughs> no, this not is the at part all. where I want us to be like, let's spread fear, uncertainty and doubt about the casting. <laughs> um, Cause it's not what I'm getting at as much as like what, you know, just, I've been just thinking about where would I want, what kind of role yeah. do I want to see these people play in a Ghostbusters universe? And like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I, I don't want to watch agents of shield again. I actually, yeah. does that make sense? How about if Patton is like how he was in blade three, where he was helped be an armorer, <laughs> where he was, he, uh, he was, in gonna, the, he, he's like, I'm going to go and put on blade three right now. <laughs> No, he like he was like with, uh, he was like Q. Was yeah, he, like he, he was a Whistler Q. in that. Yeah, he was. He was. He like he essentially replaced Whistler as that role. He was like okay. the tech guy. He was the tech guy in Blade Three. Yeah, but yeah, no, like that's my. It was, as soon as I saw the casting, my first thought for both of them was, I hope it's something small, like you know. Maybe Camille's yeah. the new EPA guy for the town or something like that. Just come in and check on you guys. I'll see y'all later. Bye. Or something. I don't know. But I, I, did, I don't. That was my first thought anyways. But like you said, I trust Jason and Keel. So, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully that everything will, will work out regardless. But in my head, I was thinking like, oh, they're both like in and out parts. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. 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 Yes. And then I'm not. Admittedly, I'm not familiar with the other two folks who've been cast. 
Um, I don't know much about Emily, and, uh, but I feel that she's going to be a classmate. You know. Yeah, I mean, I looked at that at, at <laughs> you know age ranges there and who's around, and I'm like, classmate or um, somebody who is an alternate like uh, interest for Trevor potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, that you could have a, a sudden dynamic shift in the relationships there because there's a new person who enters the scene or something. Yeah. So um and then there's this discussion that potentially uh <laughs> that we've seen online that perhaps James Acaster is playing Oscar. Uh, no <laughs> from Ugh. Ghostbusters too. No. <laughs> Oscar as a Ghostbuster is lazy writing, fight me. <laughs> or just bringing him back at all is unnecessary and i honestly believe that he would have an aversion to the paranormal and would want to be as far away from it as possible i think you bring him back but only to do one thing you have to let everybody know that in his in his later years he went on to become a tightrope walker (laughs) (laughs) oh man his early childhood experiences unlocked an inert potential that no one knew was there an amazing sense of balance an amazing sense of poise it's all left over as a result of his encounter with vigo it's like it's like rogue getting a gray streak in her hair from having an encounter with magneto uh, <laughs> and it has a very strong love of Winnie the Pooh because it has been like <laughs> rebound to his soul. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. If, if this movie had a scene in it that had that guy James Acaster doing tightrope walking, dressed as Winnie the yellow, Pooh in a yellow, yeah, in a yellow onesie, right? Like I'd be like, I'm, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm in for penny for a pound. <laughs> maybe they should do it like they did like they addressed him in the comics it's just like no like like no you know he's fine he's at a martial arts tournament in Europe he'll be fine and that's it that's <laughs> all they need to address Oscar but I guess you know what if you so you're both said kind of you want to see them I mean I think you're both saying this you want to see smaller parts I don't know John am I putting words in your mouth on that I like I said, I haven't had a lot of time to really think about it and digest what I would like to see them in. Um, but like you said, they have been put in, in a lot of one note characters. And if they have larger parts as that one note character, they would overshadow other people. So they could come in and come out and be kind of punch up for a scene. Yeah. Like they would make a great, like, you know, customer. <laughs> That's I've said this. I want to see these four people playing ghosts. Yeah, oh, God, yes. so that'd be great. Well, see that, but that's the thing though. I've always, I've always liked the idea though of the ghost, you know, being kind of um, more monstrous. You know, like they don't have dialogue, they don't have recognizable faces. Even the library ghost, she shushes and then she immediately becomes terrifying. So I. The, for them being a ghost, like it would be in, you know, like, um, what was that movie recently? We have a ghost. Uh, like to be yes. that kind of ghost, I would, nah, just because that's not the style of ghost from Ghostbusters IMO. You know what I mean? Because like, think, God, th- that I could get, yeah, having, <laughs> having ghosts like that, that are recognizable people could rebroach the topic of ghost ethics and be like, why did you trap my grandpa? He has a right to be free, you know? So, oh, that, so that would be that would be a fun storyline. That'd be a fun so storyline, though. I could see Patton being the guy arguing that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
But I think I think that would be a fascinating thing to do. And there's like I've said this like Ernie Hudson at one point, you know, sort of talked about this thing of like we have these ghosts and they're cute. But like what's really going on here? Why is this happening? What's going on? That's the kind of stuff we should be getting into when he was talking about like in an interview, probably like six months ago. Yeah. yeah. So to me, I'm like, was I don't think he's like so loose lipped that he would spill out plot details because he's Ernie Hudson. and He's been doing this a long time, but he knows what's up, um, you know. Yeah. But I I think that would be fascinating and not that, you know, not that we're really going to dig into the plot of it on this podcast much. But like, you know, there's a certain there is a a movie out there that um, a movie script out there in which this happens, like where the people who come back from the dead are like talking. They have lines. Yeah. And so to me, it's kind of interesting as an idea that like um, I like we've never heard the ghost speak. And that was a definitive thing about Egon in the last movie. Right. Was that like he didn't talk. And if they had done it, if they had tried to make him talk, it would have not worked. It would have been like the worst thing ever. And we would have all been pissed off. Yeah. Um, Because I guess that's that's disingenuous and lousy. But like that's like why I'm like, can you do it with a character like with a set of ghosts? You don't have any emotional attachment to already. Like, can they talk? You know, they did in 2016, but, you know, like a couple of scenes like the Boston's like fan who was like, said, like, what the hell am I doing in New York? You know, that guy. But, well, I guess that's where like my head is, admittedly, is kind of being like stuck in what has already been done is, you know, ooh, change mm-hmm. sucks is, you know, you're, you're stuck in, well, this is what's been done in the other movie. So obviously this movie has to stick to what has already been done. So that's where like. That's not that's not what I'm saying, but that's where like your first instincts are to right. a statement like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, if they could make something like that work, I'd be on board. But like your first reaction is, you know, ooh, no, ghosts aren't supposed to do that in Ghostbusters. That's not a right. Ghostbuster ghost. So we've all heard that before. But that's also like your knee jerk reaction when you're a fan for something for as long as all of us have been. Is your first reaction is, oh no, that's not supposed to be how it works. So I would love to see like the conversation between the Scolari brothers. Oh yeah. I see the dream. Go- oh, yeah. The dream ghost was recognizable in human, um, but also yeah, a dream ghost. Long. So technically, you know what I mean. So is that was that a ghost that he was dreaming up, or is that a ghost that he actually saw and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna think about her later." You know what I mean? So they, uh-huh. we have we have debates on that. So yeah, but let's see. And we've only seen a few classes. You know, we've only seen in the movies. We've only seen the tackle class fives and class sevens. Really, there's like true four other classes that they haven't even talked about. Five or four or five. Yeah, and I guess uh, you know the technically the Dream Ghost and Egon were the only, and the the first form of the Librarian were the only ones that were like you know actually uh, human visages, if you will. You mean you're not going to count the taxi driver ghost as a human visage, just a really decomposed one? (laughs) (laughs) What about the Meyer ghost? He's human. (laughs) He's just really bony. <laughs> he just doesn't have a lot of flesh left. That's all. <laughs> Do we want to get in the conversation of the difference between like ghouls and ghosts? <laughs> oh, I we were talking about this last week on, on this podcast that like Gozer is not really a ghost, right? Like Gozer yeah. is a deity, um, <laughs> it's a multi-dimensional construct. You know, <laughs> right? It's like this is this is a, a poorly named business. It would be like if a plumbing company was like called pipe busters <laughs> no they should never be called that it's called pipe fixers uh, they're called like pipe fixers clog busters so then most of what they worked on was like stoves <laughs> air conditioning units you know it's kind of the same thing if it's got a pipe in it we'll touch it 
and break it. Right. <laughs> is it pipe adjacent? You can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I think that works. But no, I, I but seriously, I um I don't know, I, I'm excited about the new movie and I'm excited about the casting. I was I admittedly when I first saw it, I was half asleep. Um, I was just woken up, rolled over with the three hour time delay of being, you know, a Californian who's letting news come out at nine o'clock in the morning, whatever on the New York coast. Um, but I looked at the clock and looked at the news and kind of my brain went sideways and went, I don't know how I feel about this at first because of the fact that, you know, I've watched these two actors in particular play many similar roles. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, I think hope maybe, I don't want to say hopefully there'll be smaller parts because I would be totally cool if like they are effective in what they're used for in a big part. Absolutely. Um, and and that's yeah. not what I was saying is like, I guess I need to rephrase that is my, it's not that I'm like, well, they better be small parts. It's that like my first thoughts were, that's what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my, my jerk reaction was, oh, maybe they're doing something small. So I don't know. But it's not like, my, oh, if they don't do a small part, if they do a larger part, then I'm going to be disappointed. No, it's just like that was my first jerk reaction to hearing that they were in the movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, my reaction was kind of like when I was like, this is comedy heavy, right? Like, and that's yeah. not like bad necessarily. But like when you look at the afterlife casting, it's like the only deep comedy person outside of the folks who were the OGs. Right? Paul, He's right. like got yeah. a long, like a real comedy run of movies and training is Paul Rudd. Like nobody else in that cast is really like a traditional comedian, if that makes yeah, sense. Right. Like, correct. Um, whereas like Kumail and you know Patton come out of a world of stand up and improv and stuff that um, is really deeply comedy based. You know, like it's at the core of what they do. So um, that doesn't mean bad necessarily. It just means that it's, I wonder how that fits into the tone of the movie. Um, yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it's all like a red herring. Maybe it's all like, hey, we're going to tell you we cast these people, but. You're going to you know, see him for 27 seconds. Yeah, but it seems like, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like you wouldn't give this big of an announcement if they didn't have bigger parts, you know? Yeah. Right. Like they didn't even tell us J.K. Simmons was going to be in the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. It's like, you know, if you look at the timing of this announcement, because it, it's like in the same order as how they announced Paul Red after the initial cast for Afterlife, you know, so. Right. So he was a, he was a large part. Are these people large parts? Or is it just, it's just where they're the contract phase that they could be talked about, regardless of what level of part they have. And then if you remember, like in that afterlife lead up, it was Paul Rudd, who was like the first one to come out and be like, I'm working on Ghostbusters. I'm excited to be working on, remember he was like, had that video where he was outside the firehouse yeah. in New York. And it was like, I'm here and I'm ready to answer the call or whatever the hell it was that he said. I can't remember. But he made the initial he made that announcement about how excited he was to be working on the project. And today, Kumail had his like, I'm really excited to be working on the project. This is a great script tweet that went out. And I went, huh, OK, that's interesting. Right. Like uh, I didn't even see so, his tweet. OK, yeah. Yeah. He said like yeah, it was his first favorite. He said it was his first favorite movie that he would watch over and over again. I was like, no, he's one of us. So, yeah. Um, and he said that he thinks that this the script is unbelievably good. So, um, you know, it's magically delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's uncommonly good. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited about the movie coming out and all that stuff. And I'm excited about the casting, but I did wonder like what you all thought about it. So I'm excited. Um, I want to see 
see how it's going to fit together. And we're too far away to know any good details other than, oh, yay, the shiny thing I like is in the other shiny thing I like. <laughs> I do. I do agree with you, though. I know you've mentioned this on a, on a couple of episodes so far, Jim, is, um, you know, I do hope it is that the the um, the name so far, the code name so far is indicative of the movie itself. I would like it to be just a as you don't leave the, f- the firehouse kind of thing. Oh, I think that'd be a, a you're into my bottle it. episode idea. I, I am. I am on that. <laughs> I am on that because I, th- I think that'd be really fun because, you, know, you, you know, again, you mentioned this, you take it back to the uh, the RGB episode where they go into the containment unit. I think that's a, a fun idea on the movie. That's something mm-hmm. that hasn't been done yet with that. So, Yeah. Especially and I, I still want the scene where they open the trap aperture for the containment unit and coffee beans spill out of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the perfect thing would be like, oh, the Starbucks just jammed all these coffee beans in here. And that's why it's somewhere. broken. Because it's just the teenagers working the Starbucks. They were like, what should we do with all this leftover beans and grinds? Somebody was like, I just want to shove them in that hole in the wall. Who gives a shit? Like, this coffee grinder sucks. <laughs> And it's just like they open it up and they try to put a trap in there. And it's like beans spill out. They're finding like pieces of old egg sandwiches that were in there from like the Starbucks egg sandwiches. They freaking microwave or whatever it is they do with those. There's like pieces of cake pop sticks sticking out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee lids. It's just just junk. Slimer's in the corner just like, no more. Can't do it. Well, that would be hilarious, too, if like he had endured living in the firehouse with the Starbucks for some reason. Like as their trash. He became tied to it and tethered to it for some reason. And so he's just upstairs the whole time dealing with like coffee shop music being played and. (laughs) <laughs> he is their trash compactor he's just like that's a fanfic right there like that really is like that's a fanfic is like the the starbucks years like what was the firehouse like during the period that it was a starbucks um and how did the ghosts who were still there residually get on like <laughs> <laughs> you get into the thing it was like they imbibed enough caffeine that they're that their wavelengths changed. They were no longer bound by the, you know, protection grid and they were able to get out. They vibrated their <laughs> way out because they vibrated faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm glad you appreciate this idea, Rob, that, um, that, you know, they stay where they are. Um, look, I'll be honest. I think it makes the most sense in terms of making a movie on a soundstage. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So, <laughs> You have to make a movie there. You have to do it in a short period of time. You do it all in one place, and then you come back here and you basically shoot your exterior scenes as pickups. Get all your externals and your, like, your, your your walk and talks outside, right? And if like you're trying to go for you know um, a particular season of the year, then like you schedule your outside exterior shots. You know, like when that's going to make sense, probably. But I don't know. We'll see. Like I. I think that's going to be harder to hide <laughs> personally. Oh yeah. Once they, it's like, Oh, surprise, we're back in New York filming. Oh no. Oh no. The sh- Unless they do it very, um, guerrilla style. Know, iPhone. Ro- yeah. Like guerrilla style. iPhones against their chest. Like go action. <laughs> <laughs> or what is it? The, uh, Oh my God. The, the big stage they use in Mandalorian. Uh, 
the big thing they film on the big screen i can't help you the green screen because oh i'm not God. a mandalorian person you know what i mean anyways they they basically film the show on this giant uh stage with a screen behind it i forget what they call it anyway oh, i think i have seen pictures of this it's like a yes. big giant like projection thing behind yes. them right so it yes, like, yes, yes. looks like they're in the environment yeah yes. and like sony had remember i don't know if you guys remember this but like sony demoed some of that technology of their own it was yes. like a, a vr like uh environment where they could place the camera wherever it was and they could zoom in and out and it would change like the focal length and distance and everything and they yep. used the ecto-1 if you remember yeah. like yeah. that was i remember they used that video, the ghostbusters yeah. firehouse and the ecto-1 is like the demo for that technology so it's interesting to think about mm-hmm. but yeah hey we'll see what happens when it actually hits the theater so yeah, um, you know, we have we've got, definitely got at least um, nine months ish. And I say at least because it might be longer. We'll see. <laughs> but I think we're all battle weathered veterans at this point. Um, yeah, it'll get we, there when we, we get there. Like I got for a Ghostbusters movie. I got three different posters with different release dates for Afterlife on it. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Um, and it won't be 30 years. It's true. <laughs> I say this to people like, oh, my God, I'm so excited about the next movie. And I keep saying that I feel kind of weird because I have less excitement, but not because I'm not excited about it. I'm just like, I don't think I can have parallel excitement about this movie (laughs) as I did for Afterlife because it was 30 years of anticipation. 30 years after. Yeah, Ghostbusters excitement is just burned out. It's just like the sensor is gone. (laughs) I don't know that it's burned out. Like, I don't know that it's it's burned out as much as I just mean, like, it's hard to have a parallel level of like. You know, like the ex- oh my god, it's happening! It's like the excitement's still there. It's just you can't feel it the same way anymore because <laughs> it's just been so strong anymore. Like it's like you know you, you'll be chasing that first hit forever. <laughs> it's like a drug. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters chasing the dragon coming December twenty twenty three. That would be terrible if it was just the kids are like we're on smack. <laughs> They that's get why an intervention for a podcast because he's on drugs <laughs> that's why it was called hell's kitchen <laughs> it's not called hell's kitchen <laughs> okay the funniest part about that whole thing the whole hell's kitchen thing wasn't that we a casting call there was a casting call right there was the- no that, yeah it was casting uh i believe is what has come out since then that they said like you know it kind of was a name they used when they put casting calls out and that became somehow leaked by production weekly or production weekly thought that it was the name of the movie or whatever. Um, but this is my favorite part about that whole thing. People kept saying, Oh, that makes sense. Cause that's a neighborhood in New York. Do you guys know where that neighborhood is in New York? It's shit. Vaguely. It's midtown. The firehouse is like downtown and like yeah. <laughs> like so people were like, yeah, it's called Hell's Kitchen because that's where the firehouse is. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, it was called Hell's Kitchen because that was like 42nd Street during the 1970s and the early 80s when there were lots of murders going on and stuff. And then Rudy Giuliani became the mayor of New York City and he basically like lobbied with Disney to come in and build like the ESPN <laughs> zone. like and and they went we went through the whole period of like police brutality in new york city during the 2000s as they cleaned up that entire area of the city and that's why literally like no one refers to that as hell's kitchen anymore because 
it's like where you go see a Broadway show. Right? Right. It's like where you it's where you go to the to the, it's where the WWE restaurant was like it's just <laughs> it's yeah. So I think it's so funny that people were so hung up on that. And that's part of why like early on I was just like this. No, you're all are crazy for as many reasons as like, hey, I don't think they're going to decide they need to license the name of this movie from like Gordon Ramsay's production <laughs> company and Fox. Um, but also because it's not even where the firehouse is. Like, <laughs> so I'm, you know, we don't, we'll see what it's even called. A firehouse is just the code name. Yeah. I was about to say, it's still the code name. Yeah. Like we didn't all go see Ghostbusters, Rust city. <laughs> or did we didn't even get we afterlife. We didn't get afterlife until, when did we actually get that name in relation to like the uh, first this, release? Was it the first trailer? In was it the first December trailer? Yeah, nineteen. And and even then, it was confusing because in Europe they got Ghostbusters Legacy, yeah, as opposed to yeah. Ghostbusters. So it there's still two had, titles for that movie. Yeah. It right? still had different working titles. Yeah, but I mean, like I that was, but even then, like the production title, I think in some countries is Ghostbusters Legacy, because yeah. In countries where they don't like, this is a weird thing to think about. But they, like, yeah, cultural thing where a, they don't know what after what afterlife is. But it's a movie about ghosts <laughs> <laughs> and busting them. So how do you understand the very mad nature of the plot if the hang up for you coming into the movie is the title, which is Afterlife? Like, <laughs> but yeah, that's part of why it's a cultural reason, right? Like. That the word doesn't translate properly or the concept doesn't translate properly in language that's marketable. So they changed it up to legacy as opposed to afterlife. Right. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see what the next one's going to be called. Do you have any guesses? You want to throw something out there? Hey, you got me. I wouldn't have guessed afterlife. To be honest with you. <laughs> I said the other night, Ghostbusters Muncher buys a macchiato. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Bahama. I don't, I mean, Ghostbusters I, Bahama Blast. <laughs> Ghostbusters Port Authority and Bus Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm excited about it, though. Uh, and it, Ghostbusters Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just is it actually Valentine's Day, though, during the plot? Or is it just what it's called i was i was calling back to the uh to uh valentine's day from ghostbusters 2 you just did. yeah no i know like, yeah, yeah. that's what i'm getting at is it like is this actually valentine's day that it happens <laughs> or is it just oh, yeah, the, this is a the, metaphor like <laughs> it's to it's to prophesize valentine's day from lorraine was just <laughs> off by eight years <laughs> she was off by the, the year. entire the entire movie opens at a Holiday Inn. Paramus. 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 <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters colon Paramus. <laughs> but it might, it might have been a room up on the space, made up on the spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> made up to look like the Holiday Inn. My favorite part about that scene is she forgets his name when she says that. Like, I can't be too sure about that. And she has to look at the wall behind him to remember his name's Peter. <laughs> 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 that's awesome um well anything else that you all feel like you we want to see happen in the next you know sort of bout of ghostbuster stuff anything else that's been on your minds that you're in the world because I, mean, I we kind of we wanted to talk about your 
charity giveaway. We wanted to talk about what you wanted, what you wanted to do, and then we kind of deviated into just talking about stuff we like and want. So well, I would like to see that's okay with everybody. I'd like to see some more Kenner retro stuff. See what else could come down the pipeline for that, just because it's fun to see those RGB figures out there in the wild again. Right on. So you're you would like to see more retro re-releases? Is that fair? Yes, retro re-releases or new figures in that same vein. Yeah, new figures of- in that style. I think Jake mentioned about the the fright features from Afterlife. Those are still some yeah. of my favorite stuff that they released, and I think those are great. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. So much yeah, so like- that even Bandai turned around and knocked those off and made their own Stranger oh, yeah. Things version. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like those better than the Plasma series, even though I have the Plasma series in the case too. I like I like those uh, fright features better. Yeah, they're definitely oh. more, like more toyetic, more fun than like yes. the other ones, which kind of Absolutely. feel more like little tiny statues that you know they're okay. They're 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 not bad. They're <laughs> they're just they're right. not what I. Them, I still have a deeper love for the Maddie figures, and I won't Same pretend here. I don't. Same here. So yeah. I just I just yeah. recently packed up all my Diamond Select because I don't really like. Oh. Them. I wish I hadn't cracked my Diamond Select open. The only reason I got not, the reason I got Diamond Select was for the you know rooftop diorama. Yeah, it's the, the only yeah, reason they, anybody gets. Yeah. Them, I feel like is the uh, the only the only two I'm going to keep on display is Janosch with Baby Oscar and Possessed Ray. So, no, you have to because you have no other options for Janosch figures. Exactly right. And there's no other option for a Janine figure either from movie, but no, so for anybody listening, if you ever crack open diamond selects, be aware that their boots are like curved on the bottom and they do not stand on their own. Yeah. You need, you need doll stands that have a, yeah, like yeah, a waist you need to put them on stands. Good to know. Um, thankfully I'm never going to do that. Cause I don't have, yeah, don't, don't ever do it. Don't ever, ever do it. And they're, <laughs> they're too expensive to buy and crack open now. <laughs> well i see the rooftop diorama occasionally and i want it and then i realize how big it is and i'm like i don't really oh want yeah it. No, i huge. bought a whole other shelf for it <laughs> it's up there and john is currently panning over to his giant <laughs> his shelf for that and it, what's all is that a maddie stay puffed up there too yep. that you got collected up there yep yeah and that's funny is like closet the maddie figures are, are fit the their um, diorama scale much better than the diamond select figures that ever did Oh yeah, um, I think that the Maddie figures are the greatest Ghostbusters figures that have ever been made. But um, they, again, Same. they are also though have, are missing a Janine. I don't know how it is that yeah. everybody fails to make a movie Janine except for Diamond Select. But you know, <laughs> you know. And the only people to do it. Everybody else is like completely dropped the ball on this. So um, I don't know. Whatever they, <laughs> they win that battle. Um, but of course, she's a seven inch Janine. So you can't really use it with the rest of the figures unless you decide to do some weird surgery and just be like, <laughs> chop her off at the knees. Um, <laughs> the knees. <laughs> the knees. Uh, anything else you're hoping for other than new Fright Features toys? Anything else you are hoping to see in the next year? Or big things you're excited about? Uh, not really. I don't, uh, me personally, I've got to the point to where I just kind of take the, the fandom in stride. Like I like being surprised by stuff, seeing what comes out. Because me personally, like we've seen so much stuff come and go over the years that if you, if you, you know, if the more you like, well, I want, I want them to do this or I want them to do that or why don't they do this or why don't they, you just get disappointed a lot is you're like, oh, well, here's the new line. They didn't do what I wanted them to do. Sure. 
I'm still going to buy it, but you know, they, <laughs> so I, I've, I've got to the point, especially in collecting uh, Ghostbusters and in the fandom in general, just take it in stride. Enjoy what they give you. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's where I am personally. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's better to be surprised and, you know, uh, take what they give you rather than just be disappointed by what your brain feels like you should have got. <laughs> and, and it's also interesting to, to see like others interpretations of the properties and, and them using it in interesting ways other than just stamping the logo on everything they can think of. Like the best example I can think of is the Shakespearean adaptation, you know, like to see what other people could do like that, you know, let's take it and be like, I want to do something completely different. I'm going to reinvent Ghostbusters entirely in Pig Latin. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I immediately blocked on K- how to say who you're going to call in Pig Latin. Uwe, Uwe, Anage, Alke. I haven't used that in a long time. My brain has not gone there in a long time, but um yeah i always remember i always remember the mask with pig latin where they're he, uh, <laughs> with jim carrey where he's taking him into or he's leaving the precinct and he's trying to talk to him in pig latin and he's like oh pig latin i got it uh Ise, Uye, Ederle, and just goes back into the precinct <laughs> also i always remember with pig latin anyways moving on <laughs> hey you made him you made look you made a ghostbusters connection that movie was filmed in the firehouse yep it was it was <laughs> yeah. uh uh was it ladder 23 in LA? So. Yep. Yep. Same location. Um, that, that tile. We're going to be a firehouse again. That tile, <laughs> that tile is iconic. Look, if, if the soundstage is any proof of it, it won't be. So. <laughs> I just want somebody to, uh, figure out. I know that I tile is probably in trouble, uh, cause they probably <laughs> not supposed to share those photos. Ooh. Somebody ought to call up those fine folks at iTile and find out just what those tiles are. And so you, listener in the UK, I'm talking to you, UK listeners. It's time to contact iTile and figure out how you get a supply of the green tiles were used <laughs> for that firehouse. Yes, I would like you to retile my... <laughs> I just want one. I don't even want to retile. I just want one tile. Mm. Uh, I want to put Can it on a big my bathroom, chain. please. Can I see all the I'll greens that neck. you have? <laughs> no, I want to wear one around my neck like a Flav of Flav clock. <laughs> Everywhere I go, people are like, what are your Ghostbusters credentials? And I'm like, here. And I just hold up the tile around my neck on a big gold chain. Um, oh, so there you go. There's there's your next <laughs> Ghostbuster shoe right there. It's just a plain shoe, but this with the, with the green tile tiled <laughs> green all the way across it. There you go. <laughs> That's your next Ghostbuster shoe right there. <laughs> that I don't you see I think that probably would also look terrible oh no it would look awful <laughs> it would look, it would look gross. <laughs> but if Reebok did that that's one I probably would have to buy I would still buy it I mean but it's not gonna <laughs> I, make it look I, good I avoided buying all the other ones I avoided buying all the other ones I managed to escape that somehow in my brain I managed to go nope this is not for me but um if you make a shoe that has the green tiles all over it it's all over. It's, it's, over. it's it's done um because i really want a green tile i'm not like more than probably more than any other ghostbusters like thing i want as dumb as that is i want a green tile um so even more than i want um a my little pony usb stick yeah look i still so. i still look occasionally after every episode i listen i still look occasionally because i feel like you <laughs> well, mentioned it you. just about every episode <laughs> no just because I, one day i'm gonna I find it just send often. you a picture of it <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Austin's supposed to be on the tip to look for one for me um, because I don't know if I mentioned this, that he got a message from somebody else who was like, hey, guess what I just bought? <laughs> and he was like, oh, <laughs> and I didn't see it. I had no idea it was out there. So he agreed that he would continue to help try and find it as well. But um, I think it's I, it may be a lost cause at this point. We'll see. I'm keeping my eyes. I think I may have a greater here. chance of getting the tile. But someone, <laughs> someone's got a horde of them somewhere. It's all just got to find that one person. <laughs> <laughs> the one person that has the horde doesn't know what eBay is or anything. <laughs> they're like, oh, they're going to come to my local uh, swap meet <laughs> flea market and buy them all. It's it, honestly, do you know who really has them to be real that I imagine actually has them? Probably like seven-year-olds that had to use them for school or something and now they're no. all like covered in Dorito no. dust. No. Those <laughs> are deep inside the collections of a bunch of bronies. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that too. That too. That's why it's hard to get them because like they are <laughs> they, that for real, just as much as it would be hard to get something we want, right? Like can you get a, such and such autograph? Like, no. What are you, crazy? Like, and f- for the bronies, that was a limited edition item that um, yeah, anytime you know, there's a crossover came with anything, out in small numbers. Yeah, that's so. that's why you know it's the same way with people that will complain about the the uh, the Graflex hilt for lightsabers. Um, it's hard to find a vintage one of those because all the camera guys hoard them, and all the camera guys complain about right. it because all the lightsaber guys hoard them. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And in the case of Ectos, which you and I were talking about off air earlier, right? Like Cadillacs. Oh man, people who who have, have, Pro- have Cadillacs like. You have a Cadillac, but you're never going to ecto that thing, right? Well, let me let me tell you a little bit of tidbit. Uh, so, in the hearse community, hearses and funeral coaches are referred to as pro cars, professional cars. Um, so, I was referred to it as the pro car community. Well, the pro car community hates Ghostbuster fans, loads right. Ghostbuster fans. <laughs> if you show up to buy a hearse to a certain person and you're wearing a Ghostbuster shirt. They will not sell it to you. Um, right. I've had I've had some people that uh, broker Hearst deals, and they will vet the people that they're selling to to make sure it will not be turned into an ecto. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's real, um, and that's like kind of the same thing. I imagine that there's people out there who are like, "I'm not going to let somebody open up this My Little Pony USB <laughs> stick and put 46 <laughs> episodes of their bullshit podcast on it." Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Got to keep this thing pristine. You're not going to let somebody wreck this thing. This is eight. Um, this is eight gigs of pristine fan fiction. I can't let it that's out. Right. <laughs> it's not allowed. There's eight. There's there's I, look, I would even take the two gigabyte version. I, I'm fine with it. I don't you know, I'll put the podcast in 96 kilobits uh, to fit it all on there. <laughs> look, it just I'll has to be big enough to put episodes. your logo on it. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to put my logo on it at all. It's got to be just like the one podcast has an afterlife. No, I mean like it's, put the put the JPEG of the logo on the USB. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, just yeah. Be, no, that's that. Just that's, <laughs> just, to, well, just be big enough story. I don't know that. if you know this, but that's what's on there. That's what's actually those those MimoBot USB sticks. Mm-hmm. I have a Bane. I have a Bane one from Batman that somebody gave me from San Diego Comic Con years ago. And literally, what's on there is like. Here for here here for Batman wallpapers, <laughs> like, <laughs> a text file explaining compatibility with different operating systems, and that's what that's what it comes with. Like that's right click. So I had a Ghostbuster one at one point, and it was sitting on my desk forever, and I couldn't find a, a stick. So I'm like, I'll just use this one real quick. 
And like I was having to copy over like a video file and the video file was like, I think a gig, like half a gig or something like that. It was a pretty big file. And then like it said, not enough storage space. And I'm like, what? And I, I right clicked on it to find storage space and it was like, hundred megabytes or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, all right, not using this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I had one of the Ecto-1 ones, the like rubber Ecto-1 USB drives. That- this was a logo. This was the, okay. uh, the the rubber logo one. The yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the same company made those. Are you John? Are you on eBay right now looking for this thing that yes is unobtainium? Yes, <laughs> it doesn't exist. I'm telling you. <laughs> I was just doing a quick Google. See what I I have. I have looked for this high and low, and that's why I'm like at this point. I'm like podcast listeners. If you know where to find podcast USB stick. Oh, it's, it's at okay. the point to where you can't just Google My Little Pony USB. You have to like look for My Little Pony, just generic searches Rainbow on Dash. Like eBay and stuff and Rainbow Dash and just don't even put the USB on it and just hope it's in a lot somewhere. It's that kind of stuff. You know what's worse is that there is, I have found the other My Little Pony USB sticks. Oh yeah, just like, not Rainbow Dash? There's one for the character. There's a character apparently in My Little Pony named Derpy. <laughs> Derpy, so yeah. It's like, it's like a cross-eyed looking pony or whatever. So um, it's like they have a derpy stick. There's this point, like we've been talking, like, I don't know where we are on this podcast. People who are listening to this, like, when did this become the My Little Pony stick cast? What? Not, um, <laughs> eight minutes, about eight minutes, eight minutes sorry. ago. Eight minutes ago. Look, no. it's, it's, still, it's still Ghostbuster adjacent. They can deal. But yeah, I, um, the derpy stick is the only one I've ever found. And the guy who was selling it wanted $150 for it, which I was no way I was, no was going to buy it to begin with. But, um, yeah, it was kind of stupid. It was like a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive derpy stick. Of course. Like, I'm, not, I'm not buying that. That's not the one I need. That's the, you, keep, so, you go ahead and keep that, sir. That's, that's fine. Um, well, I think, is there anything else you guys want to add in terms of, to wrap up here, anything else in terms of the, the, the time ahead, your hopes and dreams, the events that you've got coming up? Anything else? I, I hope and dream that we have another trivia contest in the future. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel, we started to fly know, him out to, uh, to L.A. just for you, Jim. <laughs> hey, look, if you do that, you'll probably win. Because uh, if anybody asks any questions about Extreme Ghostbusters, I'm useless. Um, <laughs> the secret to that is anybody, binge it the day of. That's, that's, oh, no, I just, that's I'm the only totally way, useless. But it's the only way I got I did. You, you brought up trivia. You brought up trivia. Um, I did, I did, I did prep a couple for you. Uh oh. <laughs> we can do this before we sign off and see how you do. There's no prize. I'm not giving you anything. Um, just send it to the we, send five dollars to the South Carolina Special Olympics. Yeah, there you go. Um, if you do this, I will send you five dollars. <laughs> Funny thing with John is he gets a question wrong, he will never forget the answer to that question. Nope. Doesn't matter well, what like it that. is. Yeah, that was like years ago. We did one of the events we did was an outdoor showing of Ghostbusters for a theater uh, here locally, and they had us come out. You know, we had our gear, our display, and everything set up. And before they showed the movie, while they were waiting on it to get dark enough, they did a trivia contest. And basically, it was like everyone against the Ghostbusters. You know, can everyone answer more trivia than the actual people dressed up as Ghostbusters there? And a the answer is no. There's two questions. (laughs) There's two questions we got wrong. It was yeah. The two. One of the questions was uh, name all the ghosts in Ghostbusters one, which I still argue that question based upon the discussion we had earlier. 
And what was the other one you got sure. that we got wrong? Dana's apartment number. Dana's apartment number. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then, like to this day, like anytime he writes his own trivia questions, he includes those into the list <laughs> just so he can prove he won't forget them. <laughs> I'm just like, if I got him wrong, you're going to get him wrong. So. <laughs> All right, so the question I have for you is the librarian ghost. Mm -hmm. There is an unused version of the librarian ghost puppet. They made a puppet. They then didn't use it because they believed it was too scary. Fright Night. But that puppet was then... I didn't get the question (laughs) out. For everybody else, the question was what other movie did this puppet end up being reused for? And John, the answer is Fright Night. It's on the poster too for Fright Night. Is it's, it really? It's like embossed behind it, behind the house of that. I want they you to know that. that I looked, I looked deep and hard for something that um, I I didn't know, because then I would ask you it because okay. I didn't know it. I didn't know that. <laughs> do you? Do you, you? Did do you do? Do you? Um, you say like you? Do you host the trivia that you do out there? No, Matt. Matt from LAGB hosts trivia, and he has good questions. But uh, tell, yeah. I have a question for him that he should put on his thing. It is what was the number of the locomotive? I believe he actually asked this. He didn't ask. He didn't ask the number of the locomotive. He at the last one he asked what the name of the train was. Like, so what does Egon refer to it as? Like, you know, the New York Central City of Albany. Something along those lines. I can't remember. I got it wrong. Whatever. <laughs> I wrote so I wrote something like I wrote something like old Albany something, Express or something. I couldn't remember. I knew Albany was in there, but that's about all I could remember. Yeah, well the, so if you're curious, the number of the locomotive is one. Okay. Well, that's helpful to know. Because that will probably throw that at the next at a future one. But no, like some of the questions that I know that Matt's asked have been like things like, um, what is the movie that's on the background uh, um, marquee during the Ghostbusters 2 montage? Yeah. Cannibal Girls. Is that in Ghostbusters 2 or is that the one in Afterlife? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one in Afterlife, I think. It's also the one in uh, GP2. Is it? It's a... uh, when right at the mink coat scene. Yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a different movie in GB2 than 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 uh, Cannibal Girls. That was Cannibal Girls. Since it's I'll a, take your word for it. I don't I didn't go look at the answers, so <laughs> <laughs> I just went like that trivia contest that that the Windy City threw in 2020 and 2021 were like bright spots in you know the depths of COVID. It was just so much fun. And uh, I remember I asked them, like, seriously, like, the day after I asked Bob, I was like, hey, so next year, I know I'm not eligible, but can I be a judge? And he was like, dude, it was less than 24 hours ago, and you're already asking about next year. Give us (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, uh, it was, like, really terrible for me, like, during COVID, and it was just bright spots during that time. Yeah. There were so many things that I think were really awesome like that, that the, the community came together and kind of did like even like the Secret Santa thing we did within our little podcast community of, you know, the Yes Have Some podcast stuff. It's like there were so many things that were bright spots like that, that I feel like if we didn't have them, it would have been so much harder. eBay hangs um, were fantastic. Those. Yeah. Fun. eBay hangs uh, in that group were fun. 
But that trivia contest was definitely one of the cool things that I think brought a lot of people together, got a lot of people out to sort of online, you know, to sort of watch a thing that was happening and um, to interact. So it's pretty cool. You, of course, are a champion at it. And <laughs> I, I'm not going to cope with a question that's going to stump you. I already know it. So uh, you could uh, get esoteric about some of the cartoons, I think, because there's just too much. I to could, really, to really. I might be able to get you on like. Some some Ghostbusters spirits unleashed stuff uh, that might. I've played ten minutes of that game, so yeah, yeah it was Cannibal Girls. I, I looked up the clip. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you're the judge of this contest. Oh, okay, 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 Rob. Since you just looked at the clip, what? Which actor in that movie did they also show in that scene? Like, like that was on the marquee. What? There's two of them. Oh, you can see both of them. Okay. Yeah, you see both of them. I just sent him a picture of it so he might cheat. <laughs> See, what Matt thought was one of his good questions two um, trivia contests ago here was he wanted to know what happened to one of the RTV traps during production. And Did get- I had been <laughs> drinking. And when he yelled out, when he gave the answers, I yelled out, yeah, and it was Ben Eady's fault. <laughs> ben Eady did it, <laughs> but it's better now. <laughs> did they, did they, did they like, run I over I should it? get bonus points for knowing that. <laughs> did it get run over? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the story that Ben has told about that ghost trap that he rebuilt was that uh, the person who is the stunt driver of the RC car, which is a job. <laughs> like, well, what's your job? I stunt drive RC cars. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, well, that's it. I'm, so, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to go do that. <laughs> the stunt driver of the RC cars was not available and they needed to pick up a shot. And so I guess he was asked to just drive the car for this one scene <laughs> and in the process managed to get it run over by the back wheel of the Ecto one. Um, and so he was told to dispose of it. And then he, of course, didn't and decided to rebuild it as a YouTube series like showing how he rebuilt, how he built, how those traps were built and rebuilt and then that, and then he rebuilt it. But yeah, um, I definitely was like, I should get bonus points for knowing all of this about that trap. If you're going to ask this question. You, so. sh- you should. Well, this has been a fun conversation. I really enjoyed talking with both of you. Um, anything else we should add in before we go? Cause I already said that once like 20 minutes ago. Uh, no, you're good. Just uh, hit us up on uh, Facebook at South Carolina Ghostbusters. Uh, feel free to buy any raffle tickets. They're going to uh, a good cause and a family uh, that we're looking to support for a member of ours. Um, uh, if you're in the southeastern United States, uh, feel if you're able to hit up Dragon Con. Dragon Con's a great meetup every year uh, with Ghostbusters. We've had people come from all over not only the country, but all over the world. Um, to uh, PKE Surge on Friday night. We have a good time. Uh, the largest collection of Ghostbusters. We've, we've had upwards of over 100 Ghostbusters marching in parade in full gear. Um, we usually have about three or four Ectos every year in the parade. So uh, we, it's something that's, it's, if you've never done it before, it's, it's a great experience. And you just, there's some people that I've only met through that, such as, you know, Ryan Doyle uh, through uh, Yes Have Some. I, I met him and that whole crew today, Ryan from Canada, him and his crew came down one year. Uh, that's how I met them, and I still talk to him regularly. So it's it's great to uh, to meet people. Um, and if you want to uh, just have a good time, uh, it's a completely different vibe and convention than anywhere else you go to. Um, but yeah, we uh, appreciate the support. Hit us up on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Instagram, South Carolina Ghostbusters. 
yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, and maybe in the future, if not this year, then maybe the following. Um, I would like to make Dragon Con a reality and be able to come out and hang out. Do so, it. Um, I would like to want to keep on to come to PKE Surge. Keep so, an eye out. Maybe you'll see some uh, some some different costumes coming out of the woodwork this year. Because I know we, I know I have some stuff planned. I know some other people have some stuff planned. So we'll we'll see what happens. So if if there's always some some fun, unique Ghostbuster costumes coming out, it's usually a Dragon Con or. Um, Coming out of the uh, what's the the convention that they did in Germany where they always bring out the the weird vehicles and stuff? Uh, oh, I don't remember it. what it's called, but I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. The the German Ghostbusters make some crazy stuff, but yeah, yeah. So, but in the in they, the US, dude, they make the some... coolest stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's video this week of a Tobin Spirit guide that blows smoke. Yeah, like and they're putting a motor in to open up on its own, and I'm like, that's so cool. I love that they made the entire basement that shakes and push bricks out. It's when you turn yeah. off the containment grid. It's it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I quit, I I'll never live yeah, up no, to that. Like, shout out to the German Ghostbusters uh, because you know, as they say, as they say in the Sham Wow commercial, those Germans they make good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah jim we we appreciate you having us on the night and you know we um we uh continue to listen to your podcast appreciate the shout out and the support and uh i said looking looking forward to some uh some more episodes well i appreciate you both um and thank you from john as well as for coming on and thanks for having uh, us it's great talk yep. to you and i hope you know you're both welcome back anytime and um well, i need my you know, i need my robe eventually we got to work on it. You got you to get your punch card. We'll see you tomorrow That's night. That's how it works. <laughs> this is like some point I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have everybody on four times and then I'm just going to bite my time. I'm just like, never again. Solo from I'm here gonna on out. make them all. That's right. No one else is coming on the podcast. I'm going to reinvent it. That month it'll become the Filmation Ghostbusters podcast. Um, That's when you find your voice. <laughs> yeah <laughs> find my voice after getting through four times of many people being on the show and <laughs> being like my voice is that none of y'all get in robes <laughs> well thank you very much for coming on guys it was good talking with you and um good luck as you uh continue the charity drive and as you're out there doing stuff this year thanks and, uh, we'll talk to you again soon thanks a lot jim thank you jim that about wraps things up for extraplasm this week Thanks for listening, and don't forget, if you want to help support the South Carolina Ghostbusters in their raffle and charity drive to support their fallen member Heather, you can reach out to them directly at South Carolina Ghostbusters on Instagram or Facebook. I will be doing that shortly since I definitely owe John a donation for his trivia accuracy uh, and for beating my questions. So um, if you can support them as well, that would be awesome. Beyond that, I want to say thank you as always to uh, Baducci Studios for our logo. I want to say thank you to... Uh, Magnavox, the vaporwave artist who produces the song we use as our theme song. And I want to say thank you to you all for your support. I'm listening every week. If you want to support us further, you can, of course, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever we call it these days, or Spotify or wherever it is that great podcasts are found. And beyond that, um, if you want to reach the podcast, you have anything to share, you can, of course, always reach me at Extraplasm on Instagram and Twitter or ExtraplasmPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And as always... As our friend Ernie Hudson says, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care. <laughs>